This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's our Lifestyle Podcast, episode 284. We're going to talk about 1984. I know we will. But first, I got to see. I didn't hear him cough earlier. I am checking in with Miggity Mike, the mayor, to see if he dialed into the, the, the conference. There he is, bro. You got the smoker cough going, man. Bro, two packs of Marlboro down today. Dude, I'm averaging two and a half packs a day, bro. These marbles are kicking my ass, <laughs> dude. If you stop smoking, you'll have you'll have enough to pay ten dollars a gallon for fuel, <laughs> bro. Never stop. I just put my name on the um, on the list to get that new electric Chevy pickup truck. I can't wait. <laughs> You're crazy. I don't believe you, man. I don't believe you. Oh uh, no, it's true, dog. It's true. Bags bodied. Eight door conversion, long bed, LS, dude, L, bro, you don't have a hair on your ass to get the electric Silverado and then LS swap it, because LS swapped the world, dude. Bro, I'm not gonna get on this big old list just to turn around and LS swap it, dog. Come on. Well, dude, I'm telling you right now, we've got episode 284 jam packed as every week. Okay, this one. We've got Lovezilla on, Mike, and I don't want you to get too excited. I know if Hank hears this, he's going to be freaking out when he hears Lovezilla. You know what I mean? Is that like a porn movie or something? I mean, who's this porn star that you got on that's starring in Lovezilla? This, my friend, is mini trucking porn, okay? Oh, 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 okay. Carl's truck, I've mentioned it before. We're going to have him on. Love, L-U-V-Zilla, just how it sounds, underscore 74 on Instagram if you want to kind of follow along. But, dude, uh, he's dubbed in his bio the most extensive custom, this is a big statement, mini truck ever built, this one-of-a-kind 74 love, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk about it. But you got to stay with us through this episode. But, Mike, I also want to thank uh, the Chuck Dog. He didn't get a chance to come on before. His mom... Had some health challenges going on, but I am going to call him a little bit later to link up with the big homie. I don't think we've technically ever had him on, but you know he's down like faux flat tires. You know what I mean? He's always repping the scene. Always. From from coast to coast. <laughs> Let it be known. Coast to coast. Geez. Episode 284, uh, we want to thank our one of our title sponsors, Custom Car Show Productions. Scraping the Coast is going to be the last weekend in June. Uh, if you go to ourlifestylepodcast.com on the left menu, you can select the official OLP show calendar and uh, subscribe when you go there. Click here. But uh, I refer to this every week, and Scraping the Coast is the 24th, 25th, 26th. It's the 20th year, and that uh, is in the month of June. So 24, 25, 26, June. Uh, it's going down in Biloxi. Mike, of course, Mini hey, Truck hey. Showdown. We did mention uh, – sorry, go ahead. No, you know what we need, though? We need to know mini trucks, who mini truck-wise is going to be there because we need a mini truck in our booth at Scraping the Coast. So yes. you're you're listening, and you got a mini truck, and you're going to be there? Uh, give us a holler. Let it. 
let it be known, right, Mike? Coast. The 20th anniversary scraping the coast. Yeah, and let it be known. Of course, you know, we had Daryl Poe in there with his amazing truck. Of course, I was lucky enough. Mike let me uh, park Bada being in there last year. You know, uh, Rose Metal Works is always with us. So uh, we we want to hear from the Airhead Nation. Who should we have in the booth? And I'm looking forward to it in uh, June. Uh, Mike, we also want to thank Mini Truck Showdown. Of course, their June event we announced last week has been canceled. More coming on that. And, uh, man, as we get started, uh, we have to thank Graphics Mafia for the continued support. Uh, they always sponsor our kind of intro overview. And uh, Graphics Mafia is G-R-A-P-H-I-X, mafia.com. They're on uh, TikTok. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook, Graphics Mafia. If you need stickers for your show or you need decals for a SEMA build or whatever, Buddy and Ryan will take care of you. Hey, buddy. Real deal, Holyfield. So, Mike, the last episode recap, man, you know, what was refreshing is last week we did sit down, you and I, and although it wasn't a long drawn out, I think by the time you had to drop, uh, you guys were shipping shirts, and then I, you know, did a couple more. I didn't go into the long ODB. I did the condensed ODB. And then we linked up with Jeff from any garage, you know. It was kind of refreshing just to know, like some of the homies have told us, you know, we keep the pedal stomped literally sideways going down the interstate at 200 miles an hour. It's okay, as I mentioned last week, to miss a show or not be able to go to every show. But, Mike, it's also okay if we want to take a week off, but we still gave some solid content, and that's what we're all about. Dude, always, brother, always. And I'm just curious, what the hell are you driving that you're going 200 miles per hour down the interstate? Dude, I had some ideas for Project Banana Hammock, you know, I borrowed a funny car, and I'm thinking you could do the funny car engine with the front, you know, deal that lifts up, and I'm trying to get these ideas for you, because I've, I've talked to show promoters that said, dude, I am guarantee you Mike will never win a trophy again, and I, I know you're upset over that, dude. Uh, I'm going to honestly tell you that chances are I'm not really too upset. Come on, man. I, dude, Airhead Nation, I've had a couple people text me that saying they're buying Mazdas are going all in. They said they're pissed at Mike. They're going, dude, all this talk of the gold wing doors and suicide hoods and, 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 you know, flip upside down tailgates and all kinds of weird stuff. They go, man, I haven't seen it. And I said, look, don't get your, you know, what in a wad. Mike is, uh, you know, he's working on that stuff. You know what I mean? Next year. Yeah. 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 Working on it. <laughs> Top secret. Uh, last episode recap brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown. Again, I know it's a less than a year away. LST 2023, man, there's a ring to that. It's going to be the 12th annual for anyone scoring at home, and you can come on and gallivant on out to Conroe, Texas. If you want more information, go to LoneStarThrowdown.com. Uh, later this year, the pre-registration will open, and uh, they will set the timer at that point on their website Come on out. I can't even wait, Mike. Even though the weather was cold this year, a little cool, uh, I saw Frank Custom Life had already did a video. A little chilly. But, dude, I'll tell you what, Mike. It was nice. It was refreshing for me. I'm Mr. Positive. I got a chance to wear a jacket. And coming from Florida, I know all of our northerners are going to hate us. That kind of felt pretty good. <laughs> um, well, to be quite honest with you, um, it's just coming to ex- you just come to expect it. 
coming yeah. to LST because you have a little bit of everything uh, when you come to LST. It could be cold. It could be it could be hot. It could be raining. It could be sunny. It could be, you know you got a little bit of everything when you come to LST. But guys, don't bitch out. Don't let it stop you. One of the biggest baddest shows in all the United States. So just make sure you're there again next year, and we can do it all over again next year. Straight out the Lone Star State, you know what I mean? Like Bun B and Pimp C, UGK for life, repping Port Arthur, Texas, you know what I mean? Oh, so. absolutely. Now, Mike, we want to jump into the general updates, and this is kind of just us being able to sit back for a minute like we've been doing kind of this episode and just kicking it back, but I know that you've been staying busy, dude. Uh, not only did you ship out the shirts last week, but I know you've been enjoying that beautiful weather down in Southwest Florida, man. Bro, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Been definitely been enjoying the weather, but we need some rain, homie. It is dry as can be. Well, that's what I, I mean, dude. I know you usually don't listen to me when I say quit throwing your cigarette butts out. I've seen you do it in the Mazda. You got to stop doing that, dude, because you start talking droughts and throwing the butts out and stuff like you do. You're gonna catch. There's gonna catch fire, bro, and you don't want that. Well, hey, I'm. I just got done telling you. I just got done telling you two and a half packs a day, <laughs> and on, man. my my damn cigarette uh, uh, ashtray is full. So when it's full, I gotta throw them somewhere. <laughs> Come on, man. You know what was funny is I, I love watching the Adam the Woo videos on YouTube, and he had one um, just that I watched last night and he had came over actually to the Florida state fairgrounds and he was there for some like pop culture toy thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of was watching through it and it was so funny, Mike, you'll remember this cause you kind of had past jobs that dealt with that, you know, dealing with the fairgrounds or something. I can't, I always get hazy on it, but he said the guy that parked him had a, he was smoking a cigarette and he said the ash was like about 80% of the cigarette, and he was so intrigued by that because it reminded him of his grandma and how she would smoke, and he said, and he wasn't joking. Like, I mean, he was like, dude, he goes, I've always thought, like, the talent that it takes, to, you know, for a, for a guy or a lady to be able to smoke one and have it just, dude, the ash is like, man, it's all the way to their mouth, and you're like, how do you keep that, like, intact, you know what I mean? And my, my Uncle Dave could do it, dude. He'd play pool, and I'm like, dude, you're going to drop an ash on the pool table, and he's like, nah, I got this, dude. You're like a, a true player, you know? Dude, I got to start practicing that, and, and maybe we can come up with a game for mini nats who can keep the longest ash. Dude, on the dude I like this. We, we have to do it during the VIP tournament, you know what I mean? Wait, oh, dude. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, see? I'm getting ahead of myself. We have to do it during the VIP party, 4.30 to 6.30 on Saturday evening, right, afternoon. You know you start getting yes. You know you're getting old when you call 4.30 – to 6.30 the evening. <laughs> so 4.30 to 6.30 afternoon on Saturday. Um, part of that is DJ Mays and Asphalt Army, Hammer Weekend Wear, OLP, uh, Malloy's Barbecue, uh, Rose Metalworks, uh, some break dancing. But then the the Ash Contest and see who can really get it. And, and, and we can bring, if we have to, I'll bring a, um, an old ruler. You know what I mean? Like a 12-inch ruler. Whoa, whoa, 12-inch roller, dog. I mean, <laughs> I, never mind. I'm not going to go there. I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. But you know another thing? Mini Nats, 
what are we, seven, eight days away. And um, so excited. Can't wait. I got the rental van today. That's all, that's all reserved and paid for and all that good stuff. So we're locked and loaded there. Um, uh, really looking forward to this. Uh, but guys, remember, this year, um, our friend Sean Rose and um, Spreading the Club is going to be doing the auction. Well, it's not even an auction. I apologize. Selling raffle tickets for your very own bead roller. And you're going to see it as soon as you walk into um, Mini Nats. You're going to see uh, the Chevy Love right there to the right. The bead roller is going to be set up right next to the Chevy Love, so you can't miss it. Make sure you get those damn tickets for your chance for your very own to own your very own bead roller. And all the money, of course, that's raised is going to be going to Spread the Love Foundation. Yeah, and I'm hearing JJ, Jamie Jordan's going to be there. You know, rose to uh, great status, you know, and, and, and his trade and what he does. Big, um, I would say, ambassador to the Mittler Brothers brand. And it's pretty cool that Sean Rose has kind of fallen underneath that that fold, so to speak. And he's doing all the positivity. I know uh, his right hand and vice versa, David Magotti, you know, these guys are – are kind of the Kobe and Shaq and doing the thing and doing all the positivity. We need more of that and uh, tip of the cap to those guys. Now, Mike, um, I know we kind of talked about mini nats a lot there. I did want to mention to anyone, you guys know I love pop culture. I love 80s. I love 90s. But uh, when I was out at the Roosters uh, open house recently, I linked up with uh, Slim and Tony Murray, as I mentioned. But Tony Murray had told me about something on Hulu. She goes, I know you're going to love it, ODB. And that was 90s Kid. And um, it's it follows the girl that was Punky Brewster. And um, I don't know if I talked about this, but, dude, it's I, I never realized, you know, she kind of went through some of the stuff she did. And it's not anything that you would think of. But if you get a chance, go on uh, Hulu if you've got access to it. And uh, I think I searched 90s Kid and uh, – it was pretty cool. Again, it was about the girl from Punky Brewster, and it tied in a bunch of other child actors that uh, she had. A, she basically carried a home video camera with her pretty much everywhere she kind of went, and all when she interacted with friends and stuff. And she had footage of people that are no longer with us, and it just brings up something I wanted to mention that you know we've t- we've talked about this before, and I continue to see things uh, you know from a mental uh, health you know perspective. That, for instance, I'll kind of uh, show you guys this or kind of tell you guys this. Uh, Terry Madden, many of you guys know him, Terry, and then M-A-D-D-E-N. He was the significant other of Jesse Combs, right? And she had passed away. And he had posted earlier this week where he did a video, and it was a short one, and he kind of just basically said, hey, I love my network of people. I love my friends, family. We all have to take a step back once in a while and make sure everyone around us is okay and he, he does a short video, and he says he had to leave an event, and he found out that one of his friends, and I think he said the child, were no longer with us. And I was like, wow, like I wasn't sure what to expect. And he said suicide is real, you know? And, um, you know, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because the 90s kid, when you see it, there's a little bit of the tie-in to the whole, you know, the younger kids that became child actors. And, you know, there's a bunch of them that she was friends with that are no longer with us, but... You know, I always encourage people, friends, family. I've talked to one of our good supporters and listeners, you know, in the past. He said, please, you know, please mention when you can the suicide prevention hotline and things like that. 
But seriously, man, for you or your family members or friends, I mean, there's tough times, right, with with COVID and, 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 you know, money and stress and all that stuff. So just know there's always help out there. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, just like your the guy said, thanks for bringing that up because it's definitely real. And, um, and you know, there, there are people out there that you can call, um, you know, for help. So, you know, please definitely, uh, if you need it, you know, reach out and, uh, and get that help. And not only that, but, you know, if you know somebody, check in, man, do that buddy, do that buddy check in and uh, check on them and make sure that, you know, they're doing all right. And hopefully you can help somebody that, that, you know, that definitely needs the help. Yeah. And I've got a couple friends that have kind of started this where they'll, they'll send a text on different days of the week and they'll say, Hey, don't need anything. Just a real homie check in. And everybody kind of calls it a little something different, but I do think that stuff's important, you know, and if you see signs of one of your homies struggling or friend, family, you know, significant other, you know, touch base with them, you know, because a lot of us, you know, we don't talk about this stuff, but, you know, just real deal. And I did look it up. It's actually called Kid KID 90. So it's two words, Kid 90 is technically the name, but you'll find it on Hulu. It's definitely worth if you can get like a free, if you don't have it and you, you could get like a free trial uh, for seven days or a week or a, a month or whatever. It's, dude, it's pretty cool. And again, if you, if you grew up in the eighties, kind of like I did, and you could argue like, were you an eighties kid? Were you nineties kid? I kind of fall into both, but, uh, it really kind of hit, hit home with that one. So check it out. Oh, absolutely. De- definitely. I'm looking it up right now. I actually just saved it on, uh, saved it on my, uh, my Hulu. Yeah. And all, you know, the serious stuff aside from that topic, dude, Mike, she, that girl, she still looks good, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't watch that show as a kid. My sister loved Punky Brewster. I mean, I remember it. I remember the toys. I remember, you know, she kind of, you know, went in to did a few other things, nothing crazy. But she talks about how she kind of was typecasted. And it wasn't even so much that she was on the show. It had to do with her body. But, again, it's worth the watch. Check it out. Uh, the general updates brought to you by, as we mentioned earlier, Southeast Mini Truck and Nats in about a week or so. We will be at Mini Nats, so come on out. Enjoy the weekend uh, in Maggie Valley. You'd have to be sleeping under a rock not to know where to go. It's Facebook or Instagram, Mini Nats. Even if you don't have the um, the ticket, you can still get the wristbands to come in and enjoy. Come check us out. If you buy merch uh, from Asphalt Army, Hamburg Weekend Wear, or OLP, on more than likely it's going to be just on Friday because they're going to sell out. You need to spend $30 minimum. Ask for the VIP badge, and uh, we'll give you one while supplies last. Each of us have the same amount, and then you'll be uh, eligible to get in at 4.30 to our area, and we've got a lot going on. We'll talk more about it next week because many of you will be driving to the show next week. So big ups to Jason Bell and team. So, Mike, you know what's next? Dude, we got the trivia with Mike, and I got one question, man. You might need Uh-oh. to call someone, Mike. I don't know who you're going to call, but I just want you to know, or I just want to ask you this. Are you ready, players? Okay, players. Now it's time to get serious. Oh, shit. Here we go. Here we go. The most exciting, exciting segment in all podcast history. <laughs> Dude, I had people last week. One guy said, God damn it. I swerved off the road almost worse than me reaching to get my cell phone. 
I was he was slamming his fist. He goes, "Damn it, Mike!" You, 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 you know, and he goes, man, I meant it all in good fun. He goes, I couldn't believe, but I said, you know, hey, Mike's, Mike's a realist. You know, if he doesn't know, he might string us along a little bit, but you know, he keeps it real. Well, what basically what I was, well, Scotty, the body sent me a message and he called me a stupid mother effort <laughs> because how the hell do you not know what the answer to that? What he goes, I've lost all confidence in you. So I really need yeah. to redeem myself this week. Yeah. He apparently, was talking to the Aftermath guys, and they're saying, I mean, the word on the street that I've got is they've updated your club binder, and they said your street cred, like you used to have a couple points in that section, right, of your diagnosis when they let you in. They said now you're at a negative number for street cred. So I I don't want the podcast to lead to any ramifications for you, bro. I'm sorry if you do get booted. Well, supposedly the word on the street was they were going to scrape my logo at um at mini nets so that's when i decided that you're not taking i'm not it. taking my truck see yep, yeah I'm not taking it let the smoke die down you know what i'm saying then get back yep. in the game you know what i'm saying yeah like Car- exactly that's what carlito's way you know he was just trying to get back you know in the game but so mike this 1984 true classic because you know we're on episode 284 we want to kind of keep it 284 themed this true classic was released in 84 on june 8th of 84 Made about two hundred and twenty-one million or so at the box office. It had three para. It had three parapsychologists forced out of their university funding set of shop as a unique blank removal service in New York City, attracting frightened yet skeptical customers. Now, I did have to say blank in that one section. Because I did not want to reveal the part of the title of the movie, okay? But we're talking 1984. We're talking fucking blockbuster, dude. We're talking one some people's favorite movie of all time, dude. We're talking oh stomping motherfuckers out, dude. And putting I'm tell- all this pressure on, bro. Yeah, and I'm telling you, it was New York City, so it was that classy kind of summer, just blockbuster dude everybody was going there and no one could stop him not even zool man you know what i'm saying no i honestly don't know what you're saying um man is there any other clues because <laughs> well <laughs> i mean here's the thing Th- this isn't a clue that you're gonna like you know out of all the movies because I, listen i've got a lot of movies that i was going to talk about for the 1984 segment and if you think about it you know, the top 10 grossing movies were Beverly Hills Cop, Blank, this movie we're talking about now, which was actually the number one grossing movie of the year. You know, Indiana Jones, The Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Karate Kid, Police Academy, Footloose, all these just amazing movies. But this one topped them all, dude. And it has one of the most memorable movie cars of all time. Now, I'm not going to say the best because, you know, I got the DeLorean in my bracket. If we were to do... A movie car bracket. I've got DeLorean winning the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Wait, am I allowed to say Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already went past that. We're already past. Dude, I am trying. Most memorable cars, 1984. <laughs> right. Not not Back to the Future because we're not to, you know, we're not to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not Back to the Future. So it's 1984 and Jesus, memorable car. Yeah, see, and I always say the word wrong. So, parapsychologists, 
they were forced out of the university funding setup shop as a unique blank removal service in New York City. And I loved, and I know Ronnie Wetch would love as well from C10, or the Truck Talk Media rather, he loved the venue where they ended up setting up shop. I mean, it was just that awesome. And fans to today still go to that same spot in New York to pay homage to this, not a cult classic, Mike, a true all-time classic movie. And Ivan Reitman directed it. He did recently, rest in peace, he passed away. And, dude, I don't know what else to say. And you don't know what else to say. Because I'm trying to think of 1984 movies, and I can think of, like, shit, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, <laughs> was like, 1984. You already said <laughs> Jones got it. Beverly Hills Cop, that's not it. Freaking memorable car. Memorable car. It's not I mean, Romancing yeah, the Stone. Them? It's not Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Which I think that was Star Trek Three: The Search for Hank. And it wasn't Splash, which is another one of my favorite 84 movies. Dude, rest in peace, John Candy. But, dude, you got to think back, dude, when you're a kid. I can't believe you weren't, like, watching this every week. Running around scared at night, dude. All right, well, check this. Scared at night. Wait a minute. You said scared at night. <laughs> I remember. Wait, a movie I take that, that back. I take the that. movie that absolutely terrified me was Monster Inc. But that was later <laughs> than 1984. I'll never forget when he used to say that there was monsters underneath his bed, and and it, he was scared to go to bed, or right. she was scared to go to bed. Um, Jesus, crumbing up. And I, hey, Gremlins was in 1984. Oh, dude. I love Gremlins, dude. Great, but there movie. was no car in that freaking movie. Not memorable um, one. Hey, remember the um the little car that Gizmo was driving around? <laughs> right, bro. That could have been memorable. It could be, and I could see if I gave you the type of. Wait a minute! 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 How the fuck did I forget this, dude? My freaking um uh, fucking grandpa was in this movie. Bill Murray. <laughs> yes. Well, dude, I can't deny Ghostbusters, it. homie. Dude, it was the cat. Like I can't even say this car name, right? 1959 Cadillac Miller Meteor Sentinel limo style end loader combination car ambulance conversion. I mean, dude, that's like the longest title ever for a car. But yeah, dude, how can that not be just one of the all time classics, bro? Well, bro, you completely threw me off when you couldn't even pronounce the word that they were or whatever they did yeah, or whatever pa- they were. Parapsychologist or how you pronounce the word. Yeah, bro, I can't say that or let alone spell it. So, fuck, I didn't know what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> well, hey, you did good, man. I'm afraid of no ghost. Yeah, dude, and here's one of my favorite things about it is the whole who you're going to call, right? And and that just that just spun into all different kinds of stuff. And I hope that most people did enjoy the new one. I know the one with the ladies, no disrespect to the ladies, a lot of people hated it. But the, the Ghostbusters Afterlife, it, Afterlife, it kind of passed the torch. But everybody that I know that saw it and people, reviews and stuff, everybody loved the nod to you know, um, the Ghostbuster. So it was great. Bro, you know another fucking awesome movie? I think, I don't remember if it was 84 or 85, because I was, when you said something about cars, um, I was thinking about Police Academy. Was that 84 or was that 85? 
Oh, dude, Police Academy was awesome. And here, in every, it seems like around this time, the, the that they basically are constantly going through because you know there's a bunch of them, seven or eight of those. Th- those movies, um, the first one was like March of '84. But the additional ones, it's like all around this time, March, April, I think, a lot of them. So I started seeing the anniversary dates popping up. Ah, okay. They were supposed to reboot that a couple years ago, and then COVID came, and they didn't. A lot of people kind of hate on all the the second through the, you know, whatever. But I I dig them, you know what I'm saying? They they bring back good memories. Oh, absolutely, bro. Nothing but – and, dude, the guy that made all the weird noises and and all that shit, Paul Jones that was in there. I mean, dude, that was an absolute classic. Yeah, apparently he was kin to um, Hank Norris from Hammered Weekend Wear. They've got uh, similar, dude. you know what I'm saying? Well, hey, what about um, uh, Airplane? Remember Airplane? Dude, was I love that later? Was that around that time period, too? Very much earlier, and that had um, Ward Cleaver's wife. Uh, she was in a member. She goes, excuse me, I know how to speak jive. And then she had to break it all down, you know what I mean? <laughs> that is a classic yeah. scene if you... <laughs> but we that have to be awful. careful because you know we don't we don't want to get in trouble for saying anything you know. Oh, absolutely! No, no, no! Definitely don't want to do that. Definitely don't want to do that. But uh, hey, I'm back on the. I got I, I got started another winning streak, man. Life is good, dude. Life is good. So Scotty the body can't be all mad at me now, dude. He's coming off the top ropes. I heard, man, with that elbow. No, he's coming off of the damn top of the hell in the cell match. Yeah, and the word on the street is that he's running twenty fours on the Mazda. Bro, he's lucky if he's got sixteens on that damn thing, dude. He well, it's an wait S ten. Sorry, he's running twenty fours on the S ten in the front, and I think like he's gonna try to do like twenty eights in the back. He's gonna cut the bed out. And yeah, he said, "Hell, the wheel combo twenty fours and twenty eights." Yeah, he said he goes, bro. He told me he goes, listen, man. Please don't tell Mike, especially on the podcast. He goes, I'm coming for Mike, dude. He goes, if he thinks he's winning a trophy, I got, I got him, man. Well, yeah, that's because you got all these fools that say that, uh, that uh, you know, winning a trophy isn't what it's all about. Man, they're lying, dude. Right. Right. Okay, Trivia with Mike brought to you by AccuAir. We announced last week one of our key partners. We would highly suggest that even if you don't have their uh, beloved air management systems or other parts, they've got merch on their website, AccuAir.com, including air fresheners, shirts, stickers, and uh, also the underrated YouTube channel. They're continuing. I'm getting notifications daily. They're continuing to drop new content, AccuAir, on YouTube. Big ups to Ryan and the entire team, casting characters over at AccuAir. Mike, I know in just a couple minutes I got to call uh, Carl from Lovezilla. So I'm just going to um, kind of roll through here with a few other things and then we'll wrap this up. But Mike, 1984, we've established, you know, kind of that that thing I like to do. This is episode 284, so we're going to talk about 84 because why not? Um, this is one of, I don't know what it is, Mike. It just sticks in my head as one of the coolest years ever if you look at you know, different guys that were drafted in sports and movies and all this stuff. We've established, obviously, Ghostbusters was, you know, huge. But uh, here's one thing for you, Mike. Uh, it, in uh, February of 84 was the first untethered spacewalk. And you probably have seen photos, listeners as well. And, you you know, over the years, you're like, oh, that must be Photoshopped. And it's a guy, like, in a chair, and he's untethered, and he's, like, doing the little jetpack deal. 
just shooting around above Earth. You know what I mean? My question to you is, would you have done that? Like if they go, hey, Mike, you know, you're an astronaut. We need you to go up. Here's your mission. We're going to kind of, we're going to push you out a little bit. Okay, no string attached. And we want you to kind of zip around on the chair a little bit and do some stunts. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I'm down. Just imagine you turn around and you're like, damn, there's Earth and I'm just floating above it. You know what I mean? The Space Shuttle Challenger that launched on February 3rd of 84 on the 10th Space Shuttle mission, the shuttle carries um, different astronauts, and um, including Ronald McNair, who he was later um, uh, lost in the Challenger uh, disaster in uh, 86. But the mission was important in that it was the first time the astronauts attempted an untethered, as I mentioned, spacewalk using uh, propulsive backpacks. So what I'm thinking is you could build like a, a propose. I can't, can't even say the word propulsive, like you know what I mean, jet propulsion. That's what I'm trying to say. You could build like a jet pack to go along with the Mazda, dude. Paint it yellow, and you could have that. And at shows, when the judges come by, you could kind of jet around, like you know, up in the air, with that to get the extra points. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I you think that would put over the top from cookies and cream? No. Nope, 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 because he, dude, Eddie, he already said, dude, I'm coming like a freaking, dude, like an animal at Mike, and he posted the other day that there's going to be, there's talk of some new wheels in the mix, you know, and he did confirm, you know, after mini Nats, but, you know, Mike, that's something you could maybe get in on and try to buy those old wheels, because that, you know, you know, that kind of stuff, if you're cut from that cloth, that's going to help you get the points. Mm, okay. A, a gallon of gas. No, this kind of blows my mind because when I was in high school in mid-90s, graduated in 97, gas was about the same price. But in 84, a gallon of gasoline, Mike, a dollar ten per gallon. And it's crazy to think that, like, from the, you know, whatever year it got down to the, around the dollar range, it lasted like that up until, as far as I know, until... 96, 97. I mean, I remember going around when it was like 99 cents and it jumped to like a dollar six a gallon. And I was high school kids with, you know, V8s. We were freaked out. You know what I mean? Damn, dog. I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to afford to fill up my truck if, if I had to pay a dollar ten. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other cool things. You know, Apple Computer had their famous 1984 ad. Uh, Hulk Hogan, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He defeated the Iron Sheik uh, to win the first. A World Wrestling Federation uh, Championship. I think that was before WrestleMania, technically, right? Um, CD player first introduced by Sony and Philips. Uh, Wendy's had uh, the whole ad campaign, Where's the Beef? And, um, you know, shows like Night Court and Miami Vice were just debuting on, on prime television, dude. So, uh, pretty cool stuff. And then, you know, Mike, if you... If you um, while not watching TV, you were probably busy playing like the Commodore 64 or playing with toys. But the most popular toys for Christmas that year were Cabbage Patch, Trivia Pursuit, Transformers, G.I. Joes, and of course, M.O.T.U. or Masters of the Universe. So, Mike, we're talking epic times, dude. You know what I'm saying? I just wish that we could kind of go back in a time machine. And speaking of time machine, Mike, we could have a surprise. At mini nats, we'll just have to see. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't know if everything's going to work out. You know, we've got orders in and stuff like that. Mm. So if we could get the DeLorean up to 88 with 1.21 gigawatts, we possibly could go to 84, Mike. But we're going to have to see, dude. 
Uh, we'll have to wait and see. I think that's it, man. You know, um, there's there's a bunch of scene updates. I think we're going to wait till next week. Uh, some of the scene updates include Chevy Love, which is going to tie into Lovezilla. So I'll kind of cover those with Carl. Uh, there's a lot of shows. We have covered these shows at links uh, many, many, many times. We would just suggest that uh, Made to Steel, um, I'll mention it with Chuck here when I call him in a minute. Made to Steel is coming up in May, so please, if you can, make it out to that. And um, a little bit shorter, Mike. You know, 40-minute segment, not easy for us to do, but, you know, I'm going to do it anyways. Absolutely, brother. Hey, always a blast. And, uh, hey, definitely appreciate everybody going out and supporting us. And uh, look forward to seeing everybody at Mini Nats and uh, all those orders that just came in, uh, which we just got like four or five of them, I believe. Uh, they will all be shipping out, uh, packing tonight and shipping out tomorrow. Shout out to Don Dizzy Davis, the big homie, always taking show promotions to the next level. Hit him up. Don Dizzy Davis on Instagram or Facebook if you want more. He'll help you with different graphics. And, um, Mike, who are you going to call? I'm calling the Mike Busters. Um, I'm actually going to call the custom scene because, guys, make sure y'all are listening to the custom scene. Glenn and Dizzy are killing it over there, so make sure you guys are checking them out. And we can't forget our favorite hillbillies, uh, the lowest common denominator. Make sure you guys are listening to those guys as well. And uh, just wait, because we're all going to be together at Mini Nats having a damn good time. So I look forward to seeing everybody um, at Mini Nats. We're going to have a great time, so make sure you all stop by. Um, our area is going to be kick-ass that weekend. That's all I can say. Stay on the rise, everyone. I'm going to call Chuck first, do a little bit of audio with the big homie, and then we'll roll into Carl's audio for Lovezilla. Peace out, Mike. See you, brother. Yo, so as I mentioned just now, we're going to roll in, and I just called the big homie Chuck Dog. What's going down? Not much, man. Just chilling. What you up to? Man, everything is going pretty well this week. I wanted to link up. I know you had some stuff going on the last couple weeks. And, um, man, how you been? Everything's good now. I mean, uh, well, you got back from uh, Forbidden. My mom fell, and uh, she... God blessed her with, a, with a, that fall and just busting her head open, but they found a, a brain aneurysm and were able to fix that, and everything's good to go for now. I'm glad everything's okay. I mean, dude, I got to throw a, a PSA, public service announcement, out. I know your mom's, you know, you know, kind of getting up there like many of our parents are, but I had lunch with my friend last weekend, and my friend Paul was telling me about his dad who was very short of breath in his house. You know, he's retired now. He was a mechanic for, man, 30-plus years, I'd say. And, um, you know, he, he kind of was feeling, like, real just, like, tired, I think it was, and just a shortness of breath for a day or so. And um, he ended up going, and he went in, and then they ended up finding up he had blood clots in his lungs, dude. And um, they went in, you know, down through the leg, I guess, area, and he showed me, I, you know showed me what they took out, and I was like, oh, my God, they took that shit out, and that was the the blood clot. So, you know, I always tell people, man, you know too, Chuck, you know, health first. If you're not feeling well, you know, or you got a loved one or something, you know, just just make sure that they know that they can pick up the phone and call you because um, he didn't want to call his son that night because it was too late. And his son was like, look, call me anytime, you know, or, or call 911 if you got to. 
Dude, a phone call, man. Just pick up the phone and call somebody. Don't feel like you're going to disrupt somebody. Just yep. make the phone call, man. It's just so, I mean, one, one, five minutes of getting checked out, I mean, give me your life. Yep, 100%. To talk about the shows, so basically, I didn't realize, you know, and I don't think you did either, that you were going to end up going kind of back-to-back weekends, but I know you and Jalopy Joe and, and his girl Christian and, and some of the other kinfolk, even Jamil down south sometimes, but you guys will kind of pick different shows that you want to go to, and I think you went to Forbidden years ago. Talk to us a little bit about when you went out this year and, and the great time that you had out in Nevada. Oh, man. That's... Brian throws the best show. I love that show. They, they do such a great job out there. It's it's so much fun. I mean, and yeah, we I go to shows around Florida all the time and everything. I, I don't know what it is. It's just every place has a different st- different style. And man, the paint out there is just unbelievable. And I lo- I love you out there. See all the custom paint, the Cal Concept stuff, and those other guys. It's, it's all beautiful stuff. Yeah, and this year it was a little bit different dynamic. I know when you and I spoke, we talked about, and you know, it's no secret, it wasn't at the Avi this year. My understanding yeah. is that they do have plans to bring it back. But even then, from the show coverage I saw, uh, shout out to Tony at Bare Knuckle Customs. You know, he was out there, as I mentioned prior. But yeah. the vibe, even though it was a parking lot, right, it still yeah. was was awesome because it seemed like the the steam had been building for a few years because I think this one was off the radar because of COVID. Yeah, it was. It, was, it seemed like a lot of people that would have normally gone didn't, didn't go because of COVID and some other stuff. So it was just good shit, right? Good shit. There, there, it was definitely some good shit out there. Yep, and, and my understanding is that Brian and, and and the entire Forbidden Fantasy crew they will. You know they're planning the next one for it's officially called the Forbidden Fantasy Show and Shine, FFF yeah. underscore Show on Instagram. You can check it out. Uh, we're looking forward to it. I know the ironic thing is I often hear people from the West Coast say, "Man, there's no more runs left," and man, it's not like the old days. But the few shows that are out there, like Forbidden Fantasy Show and Shine, and then of course you got Mini Truck Showdown, which did get canceled unfortunately for June. But then you yeah. have the Kern County uh, showdown, which is going to be next February. So those are a few that come to mind. But it, 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 isn't it ironic that you know it, when you and I got into the scene back in the '90s, we would look at Mini Trucking and Lowrider Euro and all these mags, and we would see all the coverage from the West. But now, if you think about Chuck, how many shows we have? I mean, it's like insane on the East. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, I, everything is the East Coast coverage. I mean, I, you see all time low, you see uh, street trucks, you see all, and it's it just seems like it's nothing but East Coast stuff. And um, to to go out there, it's it's. I mean, it, I I can't I can't describe how how much fun we have when we go out there. And yeah, and Jalopy Joe and Christian, you know, again, they I know they're kind of you, you guys are all road dogs together, and and I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, I would encourage people to check it out. You know, be on the lookout. I, I don't remember if Frank has posted, but you know, typically Brian and Frank, even if they're having the show or throwing the show, rather, they'll have someone do coverage for them. So you know, be on the oh, lookout yeah. for Custom Life with a K, Custom Life, and then also on Brian's grinder or GTV as he's kind of branding it lately. 
on on YouTube, you can go out there and you can check out that event coverage and it'll kind of show you. And hopefully, if their plan or their goal is to get it back to the Avi, you know, cool, because I remember seeing those that show coverage and it was off the charts. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to Frank and they, uh, me and him were crossing past in the elevator and asked him, and he's like, "Yeah, that's the goal for next year, just be back in the Avi." And um, they were excited about where it was this year, but they're excited to get back to the Avi. Good, it's, good. Just, just a parking on the grass. It, there's no place like the Avi. Yep, yep. Um, it's beautiful out there, and we, and we all jump in those damn lakes like. It freeze our ass off. So <laughs> we always have a good time. Yeah, there was a rumor that hammered weekend where uh, Hank was swan diving into the to the um, into the river deal, and then he was even doing trying to do like a, kind of almost like a weekend at Bernie's, but maybe a remix. He was trying to do like body surfing behind a wave runner jet ski, and uh, he's pretty good him. at that, dude. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> I saw him out there. Yeah, he's just got that smooth skin. It seems like I could never, I could never do the body surfing deal like behind the boat, nor would I want to try really. But he somehow like he's real light, and man, he kind of is like a basically like a feather behind that thing, dude, flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check this out. You come back, and you know you're no stranger to going to shows, as we've established. You yep. you know obviously you kind of had the stuff with your mom, and it turned out to be a blessing in disguise, as you mentioned, because it led to some other things and then that got resolved and then things were on the upspin. Right. And then you, yes, you so made the, the decision with a couple other folks, right? The same crew was it that went to sports yeah. in the park? Yep. Me and, uh, well, Jalopy Joe was already planning on going. And that Thursday night, uh, my mom said, Hey, go out, enjoy your birthday, have a good time with your friends. And I was like, I'm like, all right, see you later. We, so I hauled ass up to Joe's house. We hung out for the night and got on the road first thing in the morning. And cruised on up all the way to the Panhandle, made a left, and then hit Niceville. Yeah. Yes, sir. Man, that's a long drive. Yeah, it's a long drive even for me, and it's kind of out there and. I don't want to say no man's land because I mean then we'd be making fun of DeCorver, right? Because he, you know, he's you know he he's not a no man, you know he's like <laughs> no, a nomad. He's been driving on the show when he freaking shows, but yeah, man, the vibe there is cool, and it looked like NC from what I saw in coverage. They really went the hardest in the paint. That's I mean that's from what I see, saw out there, man. They they, they brought it pretty hard. Now Matt yeah, they, Matt Middleton was gallivanting with his damn S10. He thinks he's hot stuff now that he's got graphics, ain't he? <laughs> oh yeah, man. He he thinks he's tough. Dude, he he told me he's going to get patched in the Wu Tang, and I go, I don't know about that. But he goes, Yo, <laughs> I know some, some Wu Wednesday. I go, All right, Matt, we're cool. <laughs> nah, that's the homie. But yeah. Now I, I I'm hoping the Decorverse. I mean, my understanding is they'll continue the show, and then next year will be the fifth annual. And um, I know, again, it was your first opportunity to make it up there, but you've been going to shows for a long time, even back as far as the 90s, back with the old local minis crew. Yes, sir. And I'll definitely, I mean, as long as David has that show, I'll definitely make it back up there. It's a great place. And it's, it's, I love the canopy of trees, right? It kind of keeps it cooler. And then because it's exactly. April, you, my fellow Floridian brother, my Florida, my, my fellow Florida man, you know how much uh, the heat matters here. So to be able to go to a show like Eastbound Get Down or you know, even this show earlier in the year in Florida, it's a little bit of a reprieve from the crazy temps. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not a show in, uh, 
in the middle of July somewhere where it's hot as hell. It's 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 nice <laughs> chill show. Yeah, true that. One of the other things I wanted to hit on is you came up here, I want to say it was maybe February. It seems like forever ago, but you came up, you had to do a little bit of work in town, and then, you know, you drove the van up. And I always love seeing your Astro. Yeah. And, you know, you Thanks, recently, man. yeah, man, you had some mods done to it. Talk to us about a couple of the mods that you that you uh, did on the the van and then kind of what you're, what you're up to next. All right. So, um, then I got the, the rear door shaved. Um, what else did we do? The, the roll pan on the back. And, um, Put the Candiga uh, door handles on it, and then we uh, did the um, the motorcycle gas door and then the um, and the door jam. Yep. And everybody gets a gets a kick out of that. Yeah, and, it's something uh, different because you don't see. I mean, although Astrovans have been popular since the mid '80s, I think maybe around '85. Yeah. You know, you still see them a little bit, but like doing those cool mods, like the Candiga handles, and then oh, by the way, putting the gas door in the door jam was sick. Yeah. Now you also are getting it. Uh, you're getting some suspension work done. I heard soon, and that's going to be very exciting. I'm sure. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited for it to get over to Ryan at Profab and uh, get it laying on the ground. Uh, all my billets they've been sitting around for a while, so I need I need to get those on a vehicle soon. Yeah, it's so. looking good, man. And you know we're Thanks, always man. excited to see you. I remember back going, you know, to Nopi. 2000 2001 and kind of being in line and waiting to get into the show and seeing some of the local minis guys and even you know the early days going to shows in south florida i was thumbing through photos the other day and you know looking at so many vehicles and all the fun times and even though you and i have only become friends maybe the last five or ten years you know maybe five six seven years um it's, yeah. it's felt like a lifetime of you know some of the you know the same folks we knew some of the same homies and then oh by the way so many of the same shows we were going to yeah, it's crazy how many shows we went to and we didn't even know each other. It's yep, it's crazy. I mean, well, and if that doesn't prove, you know, get out and talk to people. I know I've heard other people, other podcasts. You know, they kind of talk about it. You know, get up, say, you know, come out, say what's up. But I think that's so important because you you know you, you forge these friendships, right, and these relationships and homies and all that. And, uh, man, some yeah. of them last a lifetime. So, you know, get out there, slap hands with people, and, and keep it real, right? Yeah, yeah and everybody's so cool. I mean, shoot, I, 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 I'm forbidden, and I'm just walking around videoing and stuff the first day. And Dude, I've never met this guy in my life. He walks up, he goes, hey, man, you want a beer? <laughs> hell yeah, dude. I'm like, hell yeah. <clears throat> so I put the, video, put the camera down. We, we sat there and talked for about 15 minutes. Shot the shit and had a good old time, and I never met the guy before in my life. I mean, everybody's good people out there, or in, in the car scene. Everybody, you walk from camp to camp, grab a beer, and it's just nice to be around good people. Yeah, de definitely, man. And and truer words have never been spoken. So, you know, Chuck, I really appreciate um, you know you taking a few minutes to link up with us and. You know, I'm glad your mom's okay. Um, I know Thank on you, Instagram people can look you up. But, you know, your nickname's Chuck Dog, but it's Chuck. Yeah. And then instead of like Nate Dog, it's D A W G eight eight. So Chuck Dog eight eight. And uh, man, you go to a lot of shows. You post a lot of coverage, and you're always looking out for OLP. So we appreciate you, bro. Thank you, sir. We appreciate you too. Appreciate you too. Yeah, brother. We'll stay on the rise, and we'll link up. 
uh, very soon at a show here, I'm sure in Florida, and uh, you know maybe Made of Steel. I know uh, for a lot of folks that don't know, Made of Steel is coming up mid-May. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Made of Steel show, and you'll see that it's actually the 20th and 21st. I know there are other events going on throughout the country, but as we've established with Chuck Dog, uh, even though Altered Metal and OBI was going on, oh, by the way, Forbidden Fantasy Show and Shine was going on in the West, and some of the Floridians did make it out, including Chuck. So, Chuck, stay on the rise, my brother, and uh, we'll link up here in Slop Hand soon. Sounds good, brother. Be good, doggy. All right, later. Yo, so Chuck, thanks for coming on, big homie. It's always cool to get up with the with the homie. I've been trying to get him on for a while, so I uh, really appreciate him coming on. Uh, we're getting ready to roll in to the audio to talk about Lovezilla. Uh, man, it, it ended up being just a, a great interview, and I know that you guys are going to enjoy it. Uh, we want to thank Garage Gear Clothing for the continued support. Uh, th- this crew with Garage Gear continues to go to a lot of shows, and even if maybe you already own the shirts from garagegearclothing.com, you could still out and go you can still go out and support them by going on YouTube and typing in Garage Gear Clothing and you could check it out. Lonnie does a lot of good videos and I love what he does. But uh, if you are in the market for some new merch, maybe shirts, birthdays coming up or whatnot, look no further than garagegearclothing.com. They have free shipping in the U.S., or if you're at one of these shows nationwide, like Mini Nats in a week, you can go by their booth, let them know that Our Lifestyle our lifestyle Podcast sent you. I did mention earlier that I am going to kind of lay off the shows for this week. I uh, did want to just say that we're looking forward to two uh, shows in the month of May, and these are, of course, on the calendar uh, that I always talk about. But uh, basically, you got Made a Steel show. And uh, Made of Steel Show is here in the Dover, Florida area. I know I talked to one of my homies the other day, and he mentioned, you know, where exactly is it? You know, it's the Hillsborough County Fairgrounds, uh, and that sometimes does get confused with the um, Florida State Fairgrounds. So just know it's in Dover, a Made of Steel Show on Instagram and on Facebook. And, of course, Made of Steel is the weekend of relaxing in the park. So it's the 20th, 21st, 22nd. So if you're in Florida, come on up. Made a steel show in Central Florida. Of course, as I mentioned, I did want to uh, say relaxing in the park. Great, fine folks there that are putting that show on. You heard from DJ Mays recently. That's the same weekend. That's up in the St. Louis, greater St. Louis area in Festus. Festus for the rest of us? (laughs) Festus. Uh, That's the same weekend. So I did want to throw those couple items out there. Now, the show uh, schedule is brought to you by the West Coast Influence. And if you want to get out and support a DVD or Blu-ray, that is a documentary-style film centered around, oh, yeah, by the way, the mini truck scene. Look no further than mini truck film. That's minitruckfilm.com. You can order it. Radar will send it out. He uh, self-funded this film, so get out there, add it to your collection. It's got great cover art for it, and uh, who doesn't need an extra DVD or Blu-ray in the collection? Huge, huge shout-out to minitruckfilm.com, which is the West Coast Influence. All right, uh, podcast updates. All of the pre-sales have shipped, so thank you guys and ladies. If you do want to get in on it, we ask that you go to ourlifestylepodcast.com. 
the left menu, really the, the home screen, but the left menu, you could look for the OLP OBS Real American uh, OBS truck shirt. That's the OBS, the white uh, Silverado, and uh, you could pick those up. I'm surprised at how many. I mean, dude, it's it's blown up. And when we got towards the end of the wait period, when the presale ends, got that period where you know we're waiting for them to uh, print, then ship to us, and then you know Mike and Shannon do all the work to send them out. The orders really started picking up. So a lot of the sizes are gone. Um, low on hoodies and things like that. Shout out to Brad for always uh, for always supporting us there. But um, you know, get out to ourlifestylepodcast.com or come by our booth in a week. Whatever we have, we'll have out. I did want to say we're gonna have. We hinted at this. We're gonna have a big surprise next week at Mini Truck and Nat. So man, it's gonna be mind blowing to some people. And um, I think you guys are really, really going to like it. Uh, if you haven't and you have an iPhone, uh, please go out to the podcast app and uh, tap on library, scroll down um, after you select OLP, scroll down all the way down and uh, do us a favor, tap on the five stars. If you want to go a step further, you can write a review and um, you can say whatever you want. We'll give you a shout out. I do know that we did receive a new one. So thank you so much to Lolo underscore 912 underscore. Just switched to Apple and wanted to leave a shout out to all of y'all for all the work for keeping us mini truckers on the rise and uh, love hearing the history and updates and what's going on in the scene. So much appreciated. That's a Lolo underscore 912 underscore. So thank you very much. I did mention recently, if you've got Spotify, you can go in there and you can leave a star rating, uh, which is pretty cool. So they're, you know, adding functionality like so many companies are because podcasts are on the rise and, and I love it. So uh, good stuff there. I think those are all of the uh, scene updates. Want to give, or excuse me, those are all of the podcast updates for this week. Um, Airhead Nation updates. I do know um, I had a uh, just a couple and then we'll end it out. And while I'm pulling these up, I will say you got to hit up H-A-M-M-E-R-D weekendwear.com. That's Hammered Weekend Wear. They're, of course, going to be participating in the VIP uh, session next week for the two hours on Saturday afternoon. But just know they have refreshed their website. They've got the new Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde shirt, which is the famous Ahead of You truck, also known as Sideshow. And so much more, including the Tahoe with the graphics here. Uh, it's a Florida truck. So, man, there's a lot going on. H-A-M-M-E-R-D, weekendwear.com. Please check it out. So, you know, Mike and I will save some of these. And, again, you can see this segment here that I'm doing is pretty quick. Um, I did see that I was going to cover this next week. But, man, I'm so sorry to hear one of our biggest supporters, Mark Bishop, just an amazing dude, reps from Hardcore Florida. He lost his mom just this week, and he says, I love you, Mom. If you've ever lost a parent, you know it's not easy. Send some love and some positive thoughts to Mark J.C. Bishop on Facebook. He's a great dude. He's got a great son that uh, was recently married, and uh, just a lot of good things going for those um, fine folks. So uh, much love and, so, and um, you know, 
be strong during this tough time, homie. Um, I uh, saw a cool post from Michelle uh, Boone. She mentioned at the end of the day, it's not about the trophies, the glory, the win. Um, it's about the memories we make. And it was just a great photo of a Matt Middleton and his son. So uh, very, very cool stuff. Uh, love seeing that. I know Thad's been working on his his truck. Um, so shout out to him. I know he's been trying to get some sessions in there. And um, let's see, uh, Fatty B from Low Bros, him and his awesome wife, they had bought a house. I think I mentioned that recently. So congrats. Uh, Josh Rowan, I know uh, he lost his dad. And he said he taught me so much, he's going to miss him. And uh, that's another tough loss. And I'm so sorry, man. I know, you know, as we get older, we have to deal with these things. And it's not stuff that we want to deal with. So I I wish you all the best, um, you know, during this very, very tough time. I did possibly miss, but I finished listening to um, one of the, I was kind of a couple behind with LCD. So thanks to those guys, lowest common denominator podcast. They did mention uh, Shannon Bullis that he had lost his um, family member recently. It was his dad, I believe. And um, Matt Middleton's wife, Michelle, she had lost her dad as well. So I wanted to to kind of throw those out there. But with all that being said, um, you know, just know, like I said earlier, if people need help, you know, uh, l- let your friends know, hey, I got your back if you ever need to call me. I, I would certainly want a friend to call me, even if it's late, if they're going through some tough stuff. Or um, if they're ever feeling like there's just too much on their shoulders, hey, you know, talk it out. Um, a lot of us have dealt with a lot of crazy things the last couple of years. So much love and respect to everyone out there. Thank you for all the support. We're going to roll in now uh, to the audio with the awesome, awesome dude. And uh, I really, really appreciate uh, him taking the time. So stay on the rise. We got you. Yo, yo, so we just finished up with uh, Chuck Dog, and it was really fun kind of talking with him about some of the shows he went to. But as I mentioned, we're going to transition in here to Carl. And Carl, dude, it's such a pleasure to sit down with you. Uh, man, how you doing? I'm doing really good out here in sunny Southern California. Um, the pleasure's all mine, by the way. I mean, this is all exciting stuff for me. I'm, I'm new to this, the scene, so to speak, as far as, you know, having a, a nice car yep. so, to, so to speak um so this is all new and exciting for me absolutely yeah no problem and you know for the listeners a little bit of backstory like on you i know your name's carl i got a chance to to see the truck which we're going to talk about at lst lone star throwdown but talk to us a little bit about like kind of where you grew up and maybe some of your background uh well i'm a southern california uh born and raised um not such a bragging point anymore our state's you know <laughs> kind of going down but, yep. um, you know, grew up like uh, most of us in the mini truck scene in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, got lucky enough to be part of California Cruisers, which back in the day was kind of the elite truck club. My my truck was junky. I, they didn't get to I didn't get to put their name on the back of it or nothing. But it, it uh, I got to experience all that. And it was really amazing. And then, you know, like everything, it kind of died down a little bit. And um, I came into different circumstances. Um and it allowed me to do something like, you know, that I'm passionate about. And that was build this truck. And it just, like everybody, we start off with the idea that we're going to get 
this little car or truck or whatever it is and we're going to fix it up just a little bit and then mm-hmm. you know you get it fixed up that little bit and then you're like okay well that's good but i really need to do this and then here we are i'm not going to get into the, the expense of this truck but um it's it it, it, it just grew it snowballed like everybody else's project does yeah no doubt and before I, because I wanted to hit on a couple facts of the Chevy Loves that I, I wrote down, I wanted to ask you this. So, like, bring us back to you know, you mentioned kind of the late seventies, early eighties. I I'm lucky enough to have the original uh, set. It was like six issues for the first year of trucking back in seventy five, I think it was. But a lot mm-hmm. of us, you know, we'll hear old school mini trucking. You know, a lot of the listeners and people from my era think you know, like early nineties, late eighties, right? But we've kind of established here that like even Japan, they started making minis like in the 50s. And then you fast forward to the Chevy Loves and stuff that came out. But here's my question to you. Like, do you think back to like the late 70s when all the van stuff was going on? Do you have memories of some of that stuff as the mini truck started to really emerge? Oh, of course. Um, You know, the very first mini truck club or custom trucks I ever saw was in the 70s. And you may or may not have heard of these guys. They were pretty big back in the day. I haven't seen them around for a long time. But you have you uh, ever heard of Fleetwood? I want to say yes, but I'm thinking, for some reason in my mind, I think of like vans. Uh, well, uh, you know, there were a lot of those uh, love vans, whatever you want to call them. But uh, that's how I got introduced. And, you know, obviously in the 70s, uh, you had Kiss was a big inspiration mm-hmm. for most kids, you know, my age. Um, that was pretty much what we listened to was Kiss. And then... Of all things, it's going to be a little bit embarrassing, but I got involved in disco dancing. Ah, I actually won a lot of contests, and then it it just you know disco kind of faded out, and then break dancing came in, and I actually was a professional break dancer for a while. Wow, um, that was fun too. But yeah, I've I've had a pretty amazing life. Um, I've got to experience a lot of stuff, um, but the seventies and eighties and early nineties was an amazing culture. I talk to my kids about it all the time between cars and music and just culture in general, it really ushered in a new world. Yeah, it did. And I mean, you, like me, probably have seen like a lot of the, you know, it'll come on different stations about the 80s, the greatest decade or craziness. And, you know, the money was flowing and, you know, you think of Miami Vice and the cigarette boats yep. and just, I mean, life was just like popping off. And even the styles, it was funny when we went to SEMA last year, uh, my friend Ruben goes, oh, you've never been to this this restaurant. And it was pretty close to, you know, it was maybe like a five-minute drive or so from the convention center, and I forget the name of it right now, but we walked in, and it looked like something that you'd see, like, in the early 80s, you know, this, like, lounge and stuff, and I just thought to myself, like, that era is is epic on so many levels, man. Oh, it is just, and all the movies that we saw back then, you know, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I mean, all that stuff was just awesome movie making. Yep, Still watch those things yeah, big Indiana Jones fan here, and I know not everyone's oh, yeah. as excited for the new, new one, but I mean, you think back to like Raiders and, you know, in those early days of Spielberg and Kathleen Kennedy and all them, you know, just joining forces, and it just really was epic times, but do you remember, like, so, you know, we kind of touched upon the cars and stuff, but, you know, like, it seems like when I watch, like, old movies from that time period, especially the California movies where, you know, people roller skating and, and biking and surfing, I mean, you had to just be kind of involved in, in seeing a lot of that stuff, too. Uh, I spent every weekend at the roller rink. I mean, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. And that was, that was my, you know, that was probably more mid-70s to late-70s, the, the roller rink thing, and then it became roller disco and, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I spent... <laughs> 
most of my childhood uh, at the roller rink or bowling alley. You know, that's that's just kind of what we did. Yeah, and I encourage people if you get a chance, and I think it's on YouTube on um, Bones or on um, Bones Brigade or it's uh, Pal Peralta's YouTube channel. I think they put a lot of their old videos on there, but I love seeing in some of these where uh, Stacy Peralta, you know, he's known as like the whole Pal Peralta and that and that spinoff there. But w- what people tend to forget is like skateboarding, you know, in the late 60s, early 70s when it started. And you look back to some of those crews that were rolling and you see like Stacy like on the little the little teeny skateboards and they're doing their like little surf moves and stuff. And it's like a lot of that stuff helped really, you know, thrust skateboarding to where, you know, it got to in the 80s, you know. Well, that brings me to uh, a memory that I have. We were with our breakdancing crew practicing in my buddy's garage and uh, i remember asking him say where's your parents he says well this is my house and this kid was 19 i said what do you mean it's your house he says yeah i bought it I said, how can you afford a house he says well i'm a professional skateboarder and i'd been breakdancing with this guy for a year and never knew it it was lester kasai really he's still doing it in his 50s that he had his insane. own boards he had his own shoes so um, I never really got into that culture, but it was uh, pretty incredible to know at the time he was the number three skater in the world. And I had no idea that I was breakdancing with one of the best skaters in the world. And he's a super nice guy. Uh, I still talk to him every once in a while on Facebook, but he's still doing it. He's still skating in the pools and stuff at 55 years old. Yeah, and for those that don't know, you know, I don't know skateboarding history inside and out, but many of you may go, well, I don't remember the name. You know, some of them won't. But if you think back to the decks that had like a, they had, um, I'm just kind of giving a visual for the listeners. They had like a splash on it and it said Lester across the middle. That was, um, you know, one of his, you know, signature decks and stuff. And those guys, um, I follow some guys in, in social media that just love skateboarding in and out. And a couple of the guys were like, man, when I moved in the eighties, I left like 10 decks. I go, here's a photo. And what's crazy, Carl is. A lot of people, I mean, think about it. Back in those days, no one really thought, like, these skateboards are going to be worth, you know, thousands of dollars. And, and no. sure, sure as hell they are. But isn't that insane? It is. And, you know, uh, in the area I grew up in, which was the Anaheim area, you know, Tony Hawk was, that's where he's from. Yeah. I never knew him. Yeah. But he hung out with a lot of people I hung out with. I just never never met him, or at least I don't remember meeting him. But Lester and, and Tony and all those guys, they all kind of grew up in that same little area of the Anaheim area and they they all skated you know all the time and geez at that age back then we're making enough money to buy a home so it was pretty good yeah definitely and last week i had mentioned to folks uh, i did get a chance to watch on hbo uh tony hawk until the wheels fall off and i tell you what so well produced about i think a little over i think it was a little over two hours but man i watched the second time it's that good and i tell you what's cool carl too just talking about that era is you know, when they were in Del Mar and then, you know, that he branched out to some of those other things. What was awesome is like in that era, there weren't cell phones, right? There weren't, you know, can't, not everyone had cameras, but there is a lot of footage of him because the people that were photographing at those events go, man, this little skinny kid, dude, he's this, this kid's talented. So to be able to go back, it's almost like a time machine and watch that. Like I just get goosebumps thinking about how epic those times were, man. Well, when you think about that, just think about how innovative and how courageous they were to, yeah. to get these kids did it with no helmets or anything and crazy stunts. So, yep. yeah, I mean, all that stuff is is um, 
it's mind-blowing when you think back on it. But, yeah, Tony and them guys paved the way, and, you know, now it's just a big industry. So, yeah, um, it is. All those- yeah, I agree. Um, you mentioned uh, breakdancing, and I know, like, for me, big hip-hop fan, and, and just seeing how that stuff's all exploded, the whole lifestyle stuff as well. But on um, Netflix, they have, like, Hip-Hop Evolution, and I think they've had, like, it's one of those where there's, like, four episodes, and there's maybe two or three or four seasons. But like breakdancing and the graffiti stuff. What's what's cool is when you said that earlier, it made me think like a lot of that stuff started like in New York, but in those days it spread like wildfire even over to the West Coast. Well, back then it was always, you know, East Coast, West Coast. And the reality is the East Coast, they were, you know, they paved the way and we, we, we never really caught up with them. But um, we were one of the best, if not the best, squad on the on the west coast wow and in fact uh one of the buddies that i went to school with he wasn't part of our crew he was part of another we'll call it rival crew well he ended up getting a part in the movie break it oh, uh, it was damn. a very, very very short role but he, he was a guy we went to high school with and uh, uh well I'll, I'll just say his his name was haywood that's you know that was his name i don't want to yep. say his first name because yep, yep. want to know but anyway you know uh, so you know, I always felt connected to that, and um, I, I wish I would have been at the right place at the right time, and it would have been me that got that little bit of a role. But uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I was I was uh, pretty good at what we at what I did. But like you said, the East Coast guys were just on a different level. Um, and you know, if you look at the stuff they're doing now, we didn't even think of doing this, <laughs> the kind of things they do now. I mean, it's just back then we called them egg rolls, windmills, whatever you call it. That was the crazy move, you know. And now they do those things with with their bodies not even on the ground. I'm like, holy (laughs) guys pulling this stuff. And these little kids with the stuff they do. But I'm getting all excited talking about this. But uh, anyway, it was a really good time. Yeah, it's really cool. And the thing that's mind-blowing to me is when you look back at videos and and even TV shows and stuff from that era, you know, I always joke with my wife. I was like, I I wish – it sounds crazy, but I wish there was like a breakdancing school, right? Because you look back and like the amount of exercise and the energy that these guys had, and you probably remember, I mean, you look back to the old footage and people were like rail thin, even in the early eighties, you know? And I do think like, you know, we eat different now and stuff. And a lot of us are on our butts a lot, but you know, that era, I mean, those guys that were breakdancing in the seventies and eighties, man, they were just like, dude, in shape. (laughs) Well, if you look at, I posted a photo that I found right after LST. I posted on my Instagram a picture of me at uh, the council run uh, here in Southern California in the late 80s. And you'll see exactly what you're talking about. I oh, mean, but I see I'm also that. a former state champion wrestler, so I kept in good shape. So the, the, the fitness side of it was already there for me. So it was, it was easy for me to do the breakdancing stuff because I was rail thin, had a lot of upper body strength for the time. And it, it just worked for me. I couldn't do it now. In fact, most of my, my buddies I see from the back of the day, first thing they say is, Oh, can you still break dance? No, I'm way past <laughs> being able to do that anymore. I'm, uh, that would literally be what it would be a break dance. I'd break something trying. So I don't even bother anymore, but it's good times. Yeah, we're talking with Carl, and I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, it's love, L-U-V, then Zilla, Z-I-L-L-A underscore seven four. Uh, go check it out so we can kind of you get a visual of some of the things we're talking about here, uh, which is pretty cool. The um, thing I wanted to kind of, you know, touch upon is, you know, obviously growing up, Southern California culture, skateboarding, BMX, you know, roller rink, all that cool stuff. What was the gateway drug in terms of vehicles, right? Did you 
have the homies that were, you know, it was spring break and they were going to the river? Like, what was the thing that really drew you in the cars and trucks? Okay, well, first and foremost, uh, my dad was a huge Mopar guy. Oh, so, okay. he had hot rods, he had the Roadrunners, and, uh, you know, um, my brother's first car was a Challenger. I'm sorry, Duster, then a Challenger. And then my first car, my dad actually bought me a Nova, 70 Chevy Nova with a 307, gutless wonder. But um, <laughs> then I progressed to a Barracuda, still another gutless wonder. But I've been a Mopar guy ever since. And I, you know, in addition to Lovezilla, I have the guys over at Graveyard Cars building my dream car oh, right now. So wow. shout out to those guys. It's a 71 convertible Hemi Cuda tribute wow. with, uh, you know, the, the modern uh, elephant uh, drivetrain and all modern suspension. And, 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 you know, it's just a tribute. I couldn't afford a rule. And I think they're like $8 million. Um, but those guys over there, I'll tell you what, people don't know, but Mark Warman, he's, a hard worker. I mean, he's the guy that's communicating with me on a regular basis. He'll send me emails on Sunday evening at eight o'clock. I mean, that guy just works around the clock and he's a great guy. Just a little, yeah. you know, and, you see what he, he be. that's yeah. really him. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. When you say Mopar, I think of my friend, Paul, I was with last weekend. Good friend. He's got a 72 dart. His dad's got the 69 super B. Um, and you know, they're not, you know, they're like driver cars. They love these cars. Right. But every time I hear Mopar, I do think of Mark Warman, and I was going to bring it up that I wouldn't ask you what you thought of him. I love, you know, whether someone knows everything about skateboards or mini trucking or whatever, I love people that have a passion for something, right? And Mark, I tell you what, when I, in the early, I, I think the show, they kind of changed it a little bit because it seemed like early on, you know, he would joke a lot with his employees and they've kind of backed off that. I'm sure they do like focus groups and they talk to people like, hey, what do you like and stuff. But what I love is he's, he jokes around. I love that. But his knowledge for these cars, dude, and then the one guy, his buddy that makes the Mopar parts, they go back Tony. and forth. Yeah, Tony. And, dude, those guys know their shit, don't they, Carl? Oh, I, I swear to God, people don't realize um, passion is one thing, but the amount of times that those guys spent because their passion to get that knowledge is, Unparalleled. I mean, insane. Yeah, I mean, it's just insane how much time they had to spend to, to absorb all that knowledge and you can ask him what the part number is, is on a bolt that holds the ground strap and he'd be able to tell you what it is so yeah i mean the the, the passion that guy has is has made him successful though i mean i'm with you though i, I like to i my wife would watch he's like what he watches for this is stupid i said no, are you kidding me this guy's great he's right, hilarious right. i mean you know it's just you know it's it's the show and you can yep. have uh couldn't have a care in the world he's doing his michael jackson dancing and all that <laughs> other stuff that's that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see uh, a little bit of humor. I mean, I like I like the the cars part of it too, but let's put some some human element in there as well. Yeah, I'm glad they fired the one guy kind of early in one of the seasons. Like he was kind of a weird dude, and there was like they thought that maybe he put sugar in the gas tank. And I always knew there was like a screw loose with that guy. And and I know some for TV, but that did seem like a little bit of a true beef there. So, but um, yeah, I thought it was odd too. And then also, uh, what's your name's husband? was let go at the same at the same yes. season remember yeah so i what took place is not our business it's their business um but i was shocked i thought wow that's that's odd you know i mean it yeah. was kind of abrupt and they really touch on it too much but uh, yep. that's again that's that's their business um what we see on tv is what they want us to see uh, but i'm actually going up there in july uh oh. to stop in um it's yeah it's a three-year build i'm supposed to yeah, I'm, I'm going to be up in that area, so I'm going to stop in there and say hi. Yeah, and 
you know, you listen to the podcast, which I appreciate, Carl. You know, I talk about Lincolns a little bit, and I love Lincolns. And the cool thing to me is, like with the Mopar stuff, you know, there were there were a good amount of these cars made. They were super popular, but you know, certain ones are rare, and you know, to get someone that could go to his level is just insane. And I always think, like, I'd love to be able to do that with the Lincoln stuff. But what's crazy is, like, the Lincoln convertibles, you know, some of those years they made, like, 3,300, 3,400, 3,500. And then for, like, the sedans, you know, they may have been 25, 26,000. But I, I, I got to imagine as a Mopar guy, you know, the one cool thing is that you can kind of get some stuff and there is that whole aftermarket. So to your point, even though you're building the tribute car, to me, that's just as cool, if not cooler, because you're going to have something that really kind of mentally takes you back to that era that, you know, if you were like me when you were younger, you didn't have a lot of money, so you couldn't just go buy that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, shoot, it wasn't even that long ago I didn't have that kind of money, so, you know, I couldn't couldn't afford any of that. But, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm Jones and chomping at the bit. I know Lovezilla is a really big deal. It's probably the most extensive custom truck ever built. Um, but it still pales in comparison to my passion for that 71 convertible Hemi Cuda that I'm waiting on. Yeah. And it's a fraction of what I've got into Lovezilla, but still, that's really where my heart is. As much as I'm uh, as proud as I am of Lovezilla and what we've done, it's still not my 71 convertible Hemi Cuda. It's not. Even though it's a tribute, it, it'll never be on the same level. Yep, yep, for sure. Now, I want to kind of guess what color you're going to paint it. But I'm just going to go ahead and ask you for the '71, uh, the Cuda. What are you going to? What color are you going to paint it? Well, it's it's part of my. Uh, it's on my Instagram, so the, the, the it's out a little bit. But it's exactly like the one on my Instagram. It's white, and ah. it has the black Emmy uh, graphics on the side. Um, you can see it in my Instagram. But it's it, it's a replica of that. But what I asked him to do, and he wasn't a fan of it, but he said it's your car. I wanted all the bright work whited out. Ah, no chrome. Got it. I got to put my little bit of a touch on it, you know. Yeah, and that's and that's perfectly fine. I do see it. I scrolled back to about March 26 of 2021. Uh, what's cool yeah. too, though, is those cars. Now I don't know a lot about these, right? But I would imagine, like even a convertible is kind of rare, right, for that car. Well, to give you an idea, I'm a year into it. They haven't found one yet. Oh, okay. They have to find the donor car. Got it. So that's how hard they are. Even I mean, and I'm not even talking about. Really, honestly, since it's a tribute, they can start with any platform. It just has to be a convertible. Yeah, yeah. And they haven't found one yet. So that shows you how difficult it is to even get a six-cylinder convertible Cuda or <laughs> right. a Barracuda. Yep. So, yeah, they are really hard to find. Um, thank God there's companies out there making the aftermarket panels and stuff um, to keep this going. Yeah, I worry sometimes about new electric vehicle thing and and <laughs> you know what's going to happen you know 100 years from now people are going to talk about yeah you know believe it or not they used to have gasoline engines in these cars that only did 200 miles an hour you know yeah right? how much is gas oh 100 dollars a gallon can you get like think yeah. about to the old uh freehan right i remember when they were getting ready to do away with it and my dad was going to like walmart buying all the cans he could but you buy it for like <laughs> two three bucks you know <laughs> right crazy so the the mini truck, right? So we kind of held out a little bit on talking about it. Um, one to kind of get mm-hmm. through some of the cool stuff as well. But I I came across the the Chevy Love on Instagram, and I just was like blown away. And I'd like for you, Carl, just to maybe share some information, like how how did you go about like obtaining the truck, and then how did this project even come about? 
Well, it goes back to those days, you know, when the hot rodding scene died out. And in the late 80s, you did one of two things because the hot rod scene was kind of over or it took a break, we'll call it. You either did a mini truck or you did a Volkswagen. That's what you did. Mm -hmm. And I gravitated to the mini truck thing um, and did all my work myself. Uh, I could, again, I, I wasn't, didn't have any money back then. So back then, a 1972 Chevy Love was a couple hundred bucks, you know. So I bought that and then, uh, cut the roof off of it, made a convertible like everybody else, put it on the ground like everybody else. And that's back when we didn't know what we were doing. You hit them plates in the road and, you know, it was a problem, you know, <laughs> um, we, we were riding that low. There was no air ride back then or anything like that. Everything was static. And literally those little turtles we had on the road, we'd, we'd cross over lanes and blow them up. We didn't know how, how dangerous and how stupid we were, but <laughs> so I got the love because for me at that time, if you look at the early seventies, or, or, or anywhere between, you know, early 70s up into the, the mid-80s, I couldn't afford the new Toyotas, which are cool. I couldn't afford the new um, Nissans, which were cool. So I had to get something I could afford. And looking back at them, to me, the coolest body style, no doubt, still to this day, was the Chevy Love. Yeah, it they, just has, they're very cool. You know, the, the body lines of them, and uh, they're just so distinctive. So that's what I did. And, um, you know, I, I had it for a while. And then I had to get rid of it. Uh, my my wife had gotten pregnant and couldn't ride around in that thing, so I got rid of it. And that was a long, long, long time ago. And then, uh, as you know, as I, I became more successful in life and in business, I wanted another one, and I bought it in 2013. Um, it's a '74. It started as a '74, and it was already done. Um, it was like a, a pretty fresh really well done restoration and i got it for three grand that's what i could afford 10 years ago you know and in fact i was like man should i really do this it's three thousand bucks mm -hmm. um so that's how it all started for me was i i i, I loved the car culture and, and it just kind of grew into for our age group it was volkswagens or trucks i went with the truck i went with what i could afford which was a chevy love and you know it's like that first anything you just have that that sweet spot for them forever you know and so here i am I don't know, shoot, almost 40 years later, and I'm building another one. I actually have four of them now, and uh, I have one for a daily. I've got Lovezilla, and I'm building a drag love. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really uh, a fan of the Chevy Love. Dude, that's pretty cool. And I, I generally would kind of share some of this maybe earlier I had planned with the scene updates, but I wrote down some facts that I thought was kind of cool. So, you know, being that I like to think back to years and, and look at time, it looks like, from the research I did, the Chevy Love went on sale in March, so we just passed March, right? So March mm -hmm. of 1972 had 102.4-inch wheelbase, 6-foot bed, carrying capacity of about 1480. What was interesting to me, though, is that first year they sold about 21, a little over 21,000, right, from March to December. Yep. But they, it seemed like they went on this run, and around 1980... The sales declined, and at that point, they were at 88000 and and change. But they, Car and Driver had noted that the Chevy Love finished last. You know, they kind of complained about, you know, noisy, crude ride, lack of truck options, things like that. It's funny, though, if you think back, because, you know, even early 80s cars and stuff, like, things weren't as plush, we know. Like, I mean, you know, even in the 90s, things weren't that plush that we have now, but... It, it right. did seem like the Chevy Love, you know, it had a good little run, and it really helped, I'm sure, during, like, the, the gas crises back in the 70s. Well, a lot of people don't realize the Chevy Love was never really a Chevy. 
it's an Isuzu. Yes, and Chevy yeah. realized that Datsun and Toyota had a little thing going with their little mini trucks they're building, and they wanted to get a piece of it, and they didn't have time. They didn't. It just kind of popped up, I guess. And they said, what can we do real fast? And so they went to Isuzu, and Isuzu made it. It was called the Isuzu Fast. And so they, they had them rebranded to Chevy Love. And, um, you know, they also got shipped over without a bed on it. It had something to do with tariffs and stuff or something like that. So mm. they had to put beds on when they got here. But, you know, yeah, you're right. All the vehicles back then were crude. I mean, wind noise and all that other rattles and, you know, all that other stuff. So um, I'm not sure if that was really the, the, the climb for them or not. But I, I, I think it was more in um, with them wanting to actually make their own product. And that's what brought about the S10. Yeah, and I'm thankful that they did because, I mean, so many of us, I mean, that era of the S10, the, the, my dad had an 88 Jimmy, uh, the Blazer. You know, it's ironic because I look back to the Blazers before that. Of course, you know, Ronnie and those guys over on C10 talk, you know, they talk a lot about that cool stuff. And I love a topless Blazer. I mean, those things are just super sick. But it's it's also ironic, too, how the vehicles were kind of bigger. And then you look back to the 80s and, like, I passed every couple of days I'll pass the same guy coming home on my computer on my commute and he's got like a mid to early 80s S10 regular cab no tailgate on it and it's crazy to think how small the vehicles were compared to what we drive now yes um you're exactly right and by the way that is still probably my favorite body yes. is that that S10 I mean I love the Chevy love but uh, I had an S10 Blazer it was an 86 it was a show truck um, it was super nice and unfortunately got stolen from out in front of my yard and they never found it. Damn. Um, but, uh, I still, I actually bought one and I was ready to work on it. My wife says, really, you got five cars over there and you got Mark building this and you got your other one over there. So I had to get rid of it basically. Um, uh, but still to this day, my favorite, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the body style that came after it. Um, I was on the freeway today and I saw this really cool but very different truck and i'm trying to i'm looking at it and i don't see any badging i'm going what on earth is that that's got to be a prototype or something uh, i ended up uh figuring out it was the new hyundai santa fe and <laughs> it's, know, right? it's kind of funky looking but at the same time kind of cool and i'm not really into the the, the uh import stuff but i thought that's pretty cool i i, I was kind of uh surprised that i liked it so if you haven't seen it yet i showed it to a couple of people like oh that thing's hideous what are you guys talking about you don't have no vision but anyway so yeah the the they, they're kind of going back to smaller again that that little santa face tiny yeah and it's funny because my wife was looking at those one time and you know i did the natural like oh i don't want to you know buy one of those but you see them and it it is crazy how some of those smaller makers that they've they've grown a lot right and, and they've made their products even better and better the tough thing for me with the newer vehicles, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners have the same sentiment, is it's so weird, man, because I feel like with the newer stuff, there's so much technology. Like, I'm not a technician, right? I don't have, you know, a computer to plug in and go, oh, let me reset your such and such. You know, the earlier stuff, OBD2, you know, you can kind of fix little things and what. But I always told my wife, I said, look, the more... <laughs> the car that you buy that has the more stuff like that, you know, when the screen goes out or when this goes out or that, you know, this one module that controls all the windows and stuff like I, I'm not the guy to fix that stuff. And that's the frustrating thing, you know, I'm, I'm with you. You know, like I said, I, I do really well now. I could probably drive anything I want. I mean, literally anything, but 
I never owned a vehicle that even had a heater or air conditioner, let alone anything else until <laughs> I just recently bought me a Hellcat. Just I needed something while these things were being built to give me that. And this is another thing that the wives don't understand, but, you know, owning my business is pretty stressful. So for me, that, that weekend time, that hour or two behind the windshield of my trucks and or my cars, just by myself, listening to the old music and stuff, it takes everything away for a little bit. So since all my projects are, are going on, I had nothing. I had to buy me something. So I ended up buying the Hellcat. And um, man, what I, I, I'm blown away by how well built the cars are these days. I mean, people could disagree with me if they have their own experience, but I'm in this Hellcat thing. Geez, I'm like driving a Cadillac right now. You know, I've got a heater, I've got an air conditioner, I've got a touch screen. These are things that I don't normally have. But like you said, at some point they're going to go out and be like, damn, I wish I didn't buy this. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. And believe me, like I look at the new trucks and like I do go, man, should I get one and this and that? But I, I am impressed at how good these OEMs that have been making cars 100 years, how good a job they do. And what I mean by that is I remember years ago I would go on this one site and they would report on all you know Tesla news. And I was kind of like more into a tech world during that time. So I would always be intrigued. And they were saying that, you know, Tesla was having problems with the screens and, you know, it was because of the heat. And, you know, not everyone was having issues, but they were just comparing how like Chevy and Ford and, and you know, Dodge, so to speak, they can produce things and really have minimal issues, you know, with like screens and stuff. Now, granted, there are, don't get me wrong, there are recalls on stuff, but it just kind of go to show that, you know, a lot of people over the years, even DeLorean, right? He says, oh, I'm going to mass produce a car. And it seems easier said than done. Now, we have seen companies like Rivian and stuff like that um, at the forefront. And, you know, again, I'm not a, not, I'm like, I'm not a pro guy to go, hey, everybody go get electric cars. I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But, it is. It's going to be interesting to see, like, of a Rivian and and some of the uh, electric Hummers and some of this this weird stuff that's kind of coming at us. If it's really going to be able to get a stronghold out there, you know. Well, it seems like our government's going to ram it down our throat, whether we like it or not. So yeah. we better get used to it. You know, they're talking about green energy and stuff, and I just don't see it when you talk about the mining that takes place for yes. the lithium batteries. Where you going to, uh, you know, the waste. dump those things? Yep. I mean, I don't get it. And we're already in Southern California. We have these what they call rolling blackouts where on any given day, they're going to shut your power off for eight hours. Yeah. So yep. what the hell are they going to do when everybody's driving electric vehicles? I we, know. You know, it's dumbfounding. It doesn't make any sense. But, hey, they're smarter than me. So I guess we just got to <laughs> go with it. I, I know. It sometimes it makes me scratch my head. But I do think in the future, I mean, I always wonder, like, will gas, you know, we kind of talked for a minute before we started. But I always w think, like, will fuel like will it eventually will hit a tipping point because we were talking about this is episode 284 so when i talked to mike earlier we were talking about in 1984 from some of the sites i went on they said a gallon of fuel was a dollar 10 but i remember in high school in the mid 90s it was around that number so i just wonder you know will fuel go up like will we be the hot rod guys in 30 years going oh yeah i'm paying eight bucks a gallon you know because we love it or will fuel go oh everybody's doing electric so fuel's like you know, a dollar oh five a gallon. Like, I'm just curious at how the future is gonna, you know, to come out. You know what I mean? Well, I I think that again, we're we're gonna be um, forced into a situation where whether we have a lot of it or not, if that's not what they want from us, then they're not gonna let us have yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. it'll be like so water world. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I don't see gas ever getting cheaper. You know, we're already at six 
six something a gallon here in California. And we'll be lucky if we ever see anything below five again. They're talking about, you know, it's going to come back bull crap. You know, I've never seen them put something up and then take it back or give it back, however you want to call yeah. it. So, no, we're screwed. We're going to be looking at, you know, five, six bucks a gallon for a while. And then, you know, it'll probably plateau for a bit. And then uh, my guess would be it'll just skyrocket once they're just totally trying to push us all to the electric stuff. So, I mean, we'll see. I'm, I'm worried about the RPM thing and making sure that they're not going to try to take all this away from us. Um, you know, the, we've just gotten too, I don't know, too, too conservative, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. America's baseball, hot rods and Chevrolet, right? I mean, <laughs> baseball, hot rods and Chevrolet, that's what America's supposed to be. But those are gas powered motors. So I hope they don't succeed in, in taking that away from us, but they're certainly trying. Yeah, and I always joke with my friends, you know, the big wheel era came from mini trucks, you know, really pushing the limits. And I always joke with them. I said, dude, if you look back to the old stage coaches, they had the biggest wheels I ever saw. So, I mean, if we got to go back to, you know, a horse and buggy, you know, I might have to get some 20s, you know. But uh, <laughs> talk to us about, so, you know, we started hinting about the truck, right? I, mm -hmm. you know, I gave you a shout out because, you know, when I saw it, I thought to myself, man, this thing's amazing. Like, how did this project kind of balloon into where it's at right now? Well, again, I had the truck and I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the little four cylinder it had in it. And you couldn't, I literally couldn't do more than 52 miles per hour on the freeway. And I was at, even at that speed, it was about ready to, to blow the motor. So I just wanted something with a little more reliability and a little more power. So I put a little V6 in there, a little mildly built V6. And next, you know, I'm hot rodding around and, lost a race and took it to my shop literally two weeks later said that's not enough power so so i had him rebuild it and you know do a lot of stuff and it sat there for shit man um years you know these projects take years to do i just kept changing things and and, and you know fixing things and i'd get it back and i'd drive it for two more weeks and say okay we got to do this and take it back and it would sit again and so finally i got it to where i thought i wanted it and um I got it back and I drove it and then I don't know why I just got this wild hair to, to just try to do a wide body on it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted it to handle better, wanted it to break better. I wanted to do all that stuff. And then it just, nobody makes flares for this, for these things. You know, you have to try to make something from something else work. So, um, I started calling around cause I had the resources to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I called all the top shops in the country, all of them, and none of them would do this work in aluminum because I wanted it in aluminum. And then of all things, my, my neighbor who specializes, he does all the, the fastest Mopars in the West Coast. He does all their roll cages and stuff. So he's right next door. So I'm checking out the fastest Hellcats, the fastest chargers in the country on a daily basis, and, and which is really cool. But uh, of all things, in my own backyard is one of the premier trophy truck builders. And I had wow. no idea he's in the city I'm in. And it's uh, KATG Motorsports. And so someone told me about him and said, the guy's really good. Um, he mostly works on sand rails and trophy trucks. But if anybody can do it, it'll be him. So I called him up um, and he said, yeah, I'll come over and check out your truck. And he came over and looked at it. And I told him, okay, I want a wide body kit. You know, just mm -hmm. give me some flares on, on, the, on the bed and, and the front fender. He's like, okay. So we get it there. And then I just said, well, shit, let's just make the whole bed in aluminum. Can you do that? I said, absolutely. So we went from just a wide body fender kit to making the whole entire truck in aluminum. 
wow. by hand. They don't use, there's no templates for this. There's nothing. This is all hand stuff, uh, hand fabricated. And it, it's from his head um, because, you know, you don't really get a lot of, they, they kind of have their way of doing things, you know, uh, and, and I had a little bit of say, not a lot. I mean, I said I wanted a wide body love and aluminum and that's what I got. And it's obviously incredible, but that's how it all came about is I just really wanted a little wide, you know, some wider fenders so I can put some more meats under there and drive the hell out of this thing. Cause I don't believe in, um, making these show trucks and not driving them. I'm going to drive the wheels off Lovezilla. I mean, I've got, I know I said I wouldn't, but I, I got more than half a million dollars in that thing and I'm going to drive it till I crash it. Yeah. That's it's just what I'm going to do. Yeah, it's just a totally cool truck, and I love back in March you had posted like a before and after. And, you know, you see the before, and you kind of see like bare sheet metal, just, you know, outline of a truck. And then you see the after with the wide body and the hood and stuff. It, it truly is, I mean, literally, man, I, I know you're going to hear this a million times, but it's a work of art. And what's your favorite thing right now about the truck? Man, I don't know if I can pick out one. Well, <laughs> uh, you saw the thing. I mean, I get blown away every time i see it and i see it on a regular basis um gosh i I think i think what blows most people's minds is that it's you know almost 2,000 horsepower out of a 4.3 i think that's really the special thing about the truck i mean obviously um the 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 aluminum work is off the charts it's like i said the only shop that i could find that could pull this off um so that is and it's obviously that's what stands out to everybody but uh, I think what surprises most people, like when we're at LST, is they look down and, you know, they just see a little 4.3 V6. And they don't think much of it. Then you try to explain to them, well, that's making 1,800 horsepower. Like, what? No way. No 4.3. Well, you got to understand, that is a bow tie 4.3, only available through GM Racing back in the late 80s and mid-90s. That never came in a car. You couldn't You couldn't buy a car with that in there. It was only for the GM Racing circuit. And so that's probably my favorite aspect of the truck as far as what we've been able to do with that little motor but clearly the real art is in the work that katg is doing with that i mean just the inner fenders took a week for one you know you've seen the truck the detail of it is nuts um so one inner fender you know taking a week of a guy working 12 hours a day on you can imagine the expense of that these shops aren't cheap um, but that, that's obviously the thing that stands out the most to people is they walked up at LST and they thought it was raw steel. And then they said, is that aluminum? They said, yes, holy crap. So the whole truck wet, that means glass, coolant, oil, everything is 1800 pounds and it's 1800 horsepower. So it's one to one. I mean, it, there's so many things about that truck that are, uh, really special and really cool. And it's hard to pick just one, but I think what we're able to do with that little V6, nobody thought we could do yeah uh redland redlands california you can look up instagram it's like uh, king uh, so when you're saying k a t g it's T yeah. yeah so it's k king adam the great is technically their instagram and he's posted similar stuff to what you posted what was mind-blowing to me is seeing it in person it made me think like one you're not going to paint the truck right you're going to leave it you know raw nope. right so that makes sense okay that was one of my questions the number two is the amount of time that goes into it. But here's a weird question for you. So when you show the other body of the truck, right, 
you obviously have that body, right? Because that, that doesn't get transformed in any way to make these panels, or does he have to cut that up? Or I mean, this looks all one-off. It's all one-off. We threw away everything. Yeah, got the it. cab is aluminum as well. Yeah, so you basically, all of that other cab, you got to keep as like parts, right? It's sitting in my warehouse right now, getting ready to get sandblasted and powder-coated because that's going to be my drag truck. Yeah, so that's what I kind of wanted folks to kind of know is that you know, you're talk when you're talking one off, and and you know when I say this is quite possibly the craziest mini truck ever built, you're talking about literally doing some chip foos, you know, King Adam the Great K A T G stuff. When you go, okay, pull the body and bed off, we'll make you essentially what you have is a one off vehicle, right? That loosely has the silhouette of a love. And oh, by the way, here's your body and bed. You can keep that and all the other stuff because we don't need it. <laughs> yeah, you're exact. It is. I mean, it is a one-off. Nobody's ever done anything like this um, that I'm aware of with anything, uh, any custom truck or even car to build every single panel. I mean, everything by hand without some kind of template or something to go off of. It's probably been done before, but I've never seen it. So this is the first one I'm aware of, especially uh, a Chevy Love or truck. I, and there's a lot of really nice builds out there, but they all start with something and they modify the current sheet metal or they modify a panel they can get from somewhere else. Every single piece of this car was fabricated by hand in aluminum, except the obviously the custom chassis and the chromoly cage. Um, everything else, th these guys built. I mean, you wouldn't know it. I mean, you think it was a a factory project car from gm or something and these just these young kids these are in their 20s late 20s mid to late 20s doing this work and i'm i'm happy that these guys exist because it's a dying art and even adam's been posting for a year he's trying to find somebody who wants to step in and do this but it's very hard work what what i didn't know is aluminum is really difficult to work with because of heat so they don't get to use power tools yeah, they, wow. they have to all their welds and stuff, they file by hand. So they're not out there with, with grinders and stuff like that. These guys cut it by hand. They they weld it and they bend it by hand. They don't even have uh, benders and stuff there. You know, it's they have a bead roller, but they're, they're fabricating and doing all this stuff by hand. It's amazing to watch them work. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, everything about that truck is really special it's not it, the styling's not for everybody even myself at, at first i was like i don't know you know this is my thing but the the craftsmanship on it is uh second to none and uh you know we'll, we'll make the the world tour as you speak we're going to go all over the place with this truck um and people they were blown away at lst even though i had like a 50 percent done car they were still like holy crap you know um a lot of people felt like uh it was far and away the 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 best of show but exactly. i was like well really there's a lot of cars here that are done and i don't even have the right to be mentioned in that because i'm sitting here with a truck with no doors on it you know <laughs> how can right. you we did get best uh under construction and the sponsor's choice award which that's probably all we should have won so that was cool but uh you know it is it is a one-off thing for sure um it's taken well the journey's been now nine years in the making and it's really transpired over the last almost three years is when I, I started working with King Adam. Uh, his name is Adam, by the way. Uh, he's actually, um, I think th the name comes from, um, he's actually been a real successful uh, 
Sandrail guy. Okay. So he's all over YouTube and is he's got a two thousand horsepower twin turbo uh Viper motor in the sand rail. So that's kind of his his claim to fame and what, what got him. And he's a young guy too. He's he's in his mid thirties and he's he's super successful. Um so yeah, I'm 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 it's just it's just strange how it all worked out. Um but I'm glad it did. Yeah, and if you go back and look at Lovezilla seven four on Instagram, uh, you'll see some of the crazy photos like April first, twenty twenty one uh lovezilla's new custom intake is all finished and you just look at the work on it and it truly is a, a piece of art um i could see this thing going you know all over the place you know i could see this thing eventually being like in the peterson museum for a little time because it's just that unique it's that over the the top when you talk about going to shows like what kind of shows do you envision obviously you know you could go to some mini truck shows don't get me wrong but do you have your hopes set for like higher type um, events? And do you think like, well, should it be fairly easy with the amount of work in it to be able to get like, you know, selected for some of those higher end events? I got an invite to um, uh, an, an invitation only of the, you know, top 150 cars in the Texas area. Cause I was out, they must've saw me out at LST. So, you know, I'll go out there. You no, know, but this, this truck was built for SEMA. That was the whole thing, but that was back before SEMA, um, you know, I don't know how all of a sudden SEMA got this stigma that it's not what it what it should be, and now it's more the was a PIR and some other places. But SEMA, you know, for ten years that was the the place to go. If you had to build, you had to be at SEMA if you mm-hmm. wanted to be recognized. So we started this with that in mind, and I'm still a big fan of SEMA. And I, you know, I'm not going to buy into the the negativity that some people want to say, but yeah. um, we're going to go to SEMA. Um, that's what it was built for. And then, um, you know, you, you touched on this briefly, but after LST, um, somebody reached out to King Adam and said, we want that truck in a movie. So as soon as it's supposed to be in a movie, I don't know what movie, I don't know whose movie. I just was told that they, he, he asked how I felt. I said, yeah, as long as you don't destroy it, better have a couple million insurance, right? (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it's supposed to be in a movie. I don't know what movie it is. Um, when I know that and can talk about it, I will. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't have any of that information yet, but I plan on going everywhere. But like I said, it's a driver. Uh, I'm working, uh, me and Adam, we're going to run the gold rush. Wow. Um, that's yeah. We're going to, I want to run, um, what is that? The cannonball. Yes. Um, I'm going to do the hot rod power tour drag week. Um, I built this thing to drive, not to show. Um, of course I'm going to show it, but I want to drive the wheels off of it. So I'm going everywhere I can, I guess is the, the, what I'm trying to say. If it's a, uh, a big show, I want to be there, whether it's mini truck or car or race, it don't matter. I, I actually, I, and I intended on going for the land speed record in this thing, but because we built it all custom, I guess I, I kind of disqualified myself. Um, <laughs> right, right. Well, well, that's what I've been told. I wanted to do all-wheel drive, and turns out I couldn't. So we went from Lovezilla being the 2,000-horsepower all-wheel drive to just being 2,000-horsepower rear-wheel drive because of the world record. But now since then, I've, I've, I've dug into it a little bit more, and it doesn't seem like I'm going to qualify, so that ain't going to do it. But the truck is capable of about 245 miles per hour. Now, will the aerodynamics of it let it happen? No, probably not with that nose. I'd have to, and, and the nose is modular. We can pull it off and put a, a one on there that's more aerodynamic. The whole truck's modular, as you can see. There's things on it that you haven't seen yet. Nobody has because they're not done because we've got to finish it. Like it has, I, I'm, a, I'm an engineer, but not by, by trade, not by education. 
you know, obviously I, I've got several patents and stuff, so I know a little bit about what I'm doing. So I had to design a custom spoiler for this thing because at 1800 pounds, you're going to need a lot of either downforce or you got to keep that air out from underneath it altogether. And I didn't want to use downforce because that eats horsepower. So I developed a spoiler kit and a belly pan that will, it stays in constant contact with the ground because it's on shocks and rollers. So wow. no air can ever get underneath the truck. So wow. there's things about it that nobody's seen yet. And it's got a rear actuated spoiler. Oh, I mean, a hidden parachute because I want to drive it on the street. Um, so there's going to be, when it's finally at SEMA, people are going to be really blown away. Not just at just the incredible body work and craftsmanship, but all these amazing things that we're doing to it. You know, um, it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty spectacular. And I can't, I can't wait to actually get in it and drive it. That's what I'm really waiting for. Yeah, we always give my co-host Mike a hard time about doing more to his Mazda. I think, Mike, I know you're listening, dude. You're out. Dude, you're not going to win any trophies with this thing, but Mike isn't going to win any trophies going against this thing. That's for sure. Um, all kidding aside, but one thing I really cool that I really like about it is the interior, right? So you have these like pods that you know and it's it's kind of symmetrical in terms of the left pod and the right pod and then you've got almost like what looks like an 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 air or up air pod an ipad in the middle talk to us about some of the technology that goes into the interior well unbeknownst to me um uh a funny story there is uh, so they're lst right and i'm 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 checking everything out too because a lot of that stuff was new you know that dash wasn't even there the weekend before lst they built that dash over the weekend and put everything in it. So it wasn't even there before LST. So I, I, I really kind of got to see it just a few days before LST with all that stuff in there. So I'm thinking, cool, you know, I got at the Holly, um, my Holly display, you know, got to have that cause that's engine management. And then I got the, we'll call it like the test, the style, uh, screen touchscreen for other things, um, radio and, and you can even control the, the engine stuff through that and then off to the right in the passenger is another screen and i'm, I'm scratching my head because i really don't know what the hell it is and i had some people at lst say why do you have a fish finder in your car i'm like what <laughs> so i look at the the display and I, I i look it up online and i said it's a gosh darn fish finder <laughs> but then i got more into it. it's not it's a topography gps so it's going to tell me that there's a dip up ahead of me it's gonna you know when i'm doing 180 that's why he put it in there because it's a very popular thing for the baja trucks that's because it tells dude. you topography so i didn't know it and i i didn't know what to tell these people and they're asking me why i got a fish finder in there so i had i had to do some research and talk to my guy about it but so that's really what it is is it's not a fish i mean it is a fish finder but it tells you the topography so it lets me know when there's dips turns all that other stuff and that's what it is um but as far as I'm not real tech savvy with anything, so they're going to have to really teach me how to use this stuff. <laughs> I um, just wanted—I just, just got excited hearing that you could, you possibly had a fish finder in your truck because I was going to say that could be a first, but this is probably a first for the mini truck scene, anyways. You know, I'm th- thinking that's sick. Yeah, I, I, I was a little bit embarrassed by it because I didn't know. You know, I didn't, I didn't have an answer for these people, and when they were telling me it was a fish finder, I was like I said, I was a little bit embarrassed. But <laughs> I'm to find out it, it's a real, it's a very popular thing in the in the Baja scene. And it's, it helps you out with terrain. Oh and yeah. That's something, you know, like I said, you, uh, you get on a road, you don't know at the wrong speed and you're going to die. Um, yeah, we so don't want this that. is, gonna, I do plan on driving this thing 
well above 200 miles per hour. So I'll take all the help I can get. And that apparently is, is what that, that last little display is. It's supposed to help me with that stuff. So uh, at first I was a little embarrassed and then I was like, this is so cool. What a great idea. I love it. Do you anticipate having the truck finish like in the next, like for in 2022 or what's the plan? The plan is to be in SEMA in November. Got it. Okay. I don't know if it's going to, Again, you can't buy parts. These we're making everything. Yep. Um, and if you have to buy any parts, all these these poor guys out there building right now understand that everything is back ordered. I mean, it's taken months to get just about anything done. Um, you know, and everything inside the motor is all billet, so it took months and months to get my crank from Sonny Bryant, that intake done. Um, pistons are all custom, one off from Ross. I mean, everything about that motor is custom too. So if you have to buy anything right now, it's nuts i mean you just can't get it so if we don't make it, it'll be because we're held up on certain things yeah and to all the mini truck fam and listeners out there like i said check this thing out because i truly feel like the amount of effort and time and craftsmanship and just all of that combined is just going to make for you said it earlier maybe not everyone's you know favorite style you know everyone's got their favorite style mopar or lincoln or whatever totally get it right everybody teach their own but i look at something like this and go dude the craftsmanship alone the time the effort the money the funds all that make it just mind-blowing you know and i'm excited for you do you do you envision and i i i think this would be a perfect vehicle like you know in 2023 if it's finished later this year you know go to like one of those hot wheel shows like i could see this thing being you know winning that i i forget what it's called but they have their you know their car shows and they will turn said winner into a uh, Hot Wheel. Like, I'd love to see this as a Hot Wheel, man. I, I'm actually in the running as we speak. The The car is being considered for the next Hot Wheel. Dude, right? I mean, right there is like mic drop. You know, like that's that's what dreams are made of, Carl. It, it's it's mind-blowing because I actually get that a lot. I have a lot of people when I when I post and, and even at LST, they're like, this, this has got to be a Hot Wheel. They've got to turn this into a Hot Wheel. There's actually a lot of Chevy Love Hot Wheels out there, so I'm not sure they want to do another one, although this is obviously very different than the ones they've got before. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, how cool would it be if they turn it into a Hot Wheel? I mean, I'm gonna, it's going to be immortalized forever. You know? <laughs> yes. Imagine kids how for cool. years to come playing I mean, with I, those. I thought. I don't want to get ahead of myself. That's not what's happened yet, but how cool would it be? And I am in the running, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely, man. It's pretty cool. And with the you, movie. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, we've we've talked about, you know, the car, the Mopar stuff, which I didn't realize, the the Lovezilla and you know, some of your early, you know, dealings with the Southern California culture, you know, deep in car culture, obviously skateboarding, kind of the hip hop piece and stuff, but Man, is there any other stuff that you can think of that maybe we didn't touch upon? Because I don't know all that much about you other than, man, this crazy project. Um, not really. I mean, um, you know, I, I'm not com a complete stranger in my industry. I am um, don't need to mean to sound conceited or anything, but I'm, I'm considered the best in the world at what I do, making these baseball and softball bats. So I did have a reality TV show that was not very good at all in 2018. There are 16 episodes. They're on YouTube if you want to watch. It's Softball 360. It was aired by uh, Fox Sports West, you know, uh, all across the country. I didn't get paid for it, but it was great for the company. Yep. Um, so that's me. I mean, I, I love to tinker. That's I'm, I'm involved in a lot of the engineering of the truck. Um, I'm really I'm, – I'm a speed freak. 
who loves mini trucks and i do get some some grief or some pushback from the mini truck scene you know we were out there lst and there's a couple we'll just you know mini truck magazines and stuff wouldn't even take a picture of it not even a picture that's wrong and i you know it's well, it's not that it's wrong. It's just they don't agree with it. You know what I mean? It's it's I've I've taken a mini truck and turned it into a super truck, um, which there's a uh, there, we've added a new catch to this. I'm not going to talk about it right now, but it's pretty cool. What, what, what I wanted to do this from the beginning. I couldn't get the builder to grasp what was in my head. I finally found something similar. I said, this is what I wanted to do, but we got to do it like this. And he said, oh, that's cool. So we're going to do that. <laughs> and I'm going to leave that as a surprise. When it's at SEMA, people will do it. But it's the truck is purpose built. It's aluminum to save weight. Um, you know, it's a little bit angry looking, so to speak. Um, it's not as aerodynamic in the front end as I envisioned originally because I really built this to go super fast. I mean, I really the goal behind this truck was to have the fastest street vehicle on the planet. Well, when when you build it the way we are, and um you know, yes, it's it's streetable. It's you can drive across country. It's got all the it's got air conditioning, all that stuff in it. Um, but you get you get to that situation where what's original on it? Nothing. You know, and are people really going to consider it a real street car? Probably not. So, at the end of the day, I'm going to have a 250 mile an hour truck that is really cool, but it's not going to have it's a category to be in. It's going to be on its own thing. Yeah, pretty cool, man. And and I'm excited. You know, one, I got a chance to see it, kind of pre-production, pre-finished, you know, if you will. But, you know, some of the things you talked about, you know, being finished later this year, potentially opportunities, you know, for Hot Wheels, you know, obviously in the running there, and then, you know, potential movie appearance and things like that. I just think, you know, on, on behalf of all mini truckers, you know, I'll speak for from our lifestyle podcast, I – I truly just see crazy things happening and, and I love the success that you've had. You know, you've been able to do things to put you in a, in a position to do what you're doing, but you know, you could have built a Ferrari. You could have built anything you wanted. And for me as a mini trucker, I say tip of the cap for, you know, thinking of the Chevy mini truck and love, you know, like you said, Izuzu, but uh, man, I think it's great dude. And, And I appreciate you taking some time, Carl. Well, I appreciate uh, you having me on the show, and yeah, I'm I'm excited. Look, I'm to you, mini truckers out there. I am a mini trucker at heart, but I also like to go fast, and I tried to put the best of both worlds into my ultimate build, so to speak. Some people love it, and some people hate it. Um, but not much I can do about that. Uh, I love the darn thing. Um, I'm, I'm I couldn't be happier with the way it's turned out. Um, I'm sure it's it's going to turn a lot of heads and um, I'm going to do what I can to get it out in front of everybody. And I've offered like Finnegan and, and uh, Freiburger to take it for a spin if they want, you know, uh, there's a little bit about that. I bought, I bought a motor from Freiburger who, who traded that he, I'm trying to put a little bit of roadkill history because I love the show. (laughs) Oh Um, yeah. I love it too. uh, So he actually posted on one of the shows I was watching the roadkill and he said, yeah, I got this little bow tie four, three, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So I immediately sent him a DM. Uh, and then they got a kickback said, you got to email him. So I sent him an email said, man, I really want that because it's aluminum. Now it won't hold as much power, but now I can shave another hundred pounds off that thing. 
and uh you know i needed to handle it 200 miles an hour so putting a everybody's like why didn't you just put an ls you could have made that kind of power for 20 grand instead of you know 60 you're like well because first off everybody does that but second i don't need that big monster over the front wheels i got no control over it i want to road race the hell out of this thing so i needed a small lightweight powerful motor and that's how this came about so when i saw freiberger talk about it i reached out to him and he agreed to sell it to me I, i don't have possession of it yet but it won't be in there for for SEMA. I'll have to do that later, um, but it's definitely going to be in there after I do the rounds. Uh, uh, you know, after um, I, I do what I got to do, and then I want to put that motor in there because I really want to. I, I want to race it. I mean, that's just what I want to do. I want to take. I, you know, I'm not far from Willow Springs here, where they film a lot of these shows, and I want to run the hell out of it out there, see how it does, and uh, I like to go to uh, Laguna Seca, and I mean. Uh, uh, all those places and, and just run the hell out of it. That's, that's really why I bought it. I didn't buy it or build it to be a show truck. It just happened to turn out to be pretty cool looking. I built it to run the hell out of it and to, to be out there. Got to get myself in trouble, but you know, raising hell on the freeway. <laughs> well, during its 10 year run, they sold about a half million of these Chevy loves. And I tell you what, there's, excuse me. I tell you what, there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to be the craziest one and possibly, the craziest mini truck ever built, dude. And like I said, Carl, man, we appreciate you just kind of sitting down and, and bringing us through all of the details of this killer truck, man. Well, I appreciate it. I do agree. I do think that it's it's the most extensive. I'm not going to say best or nicest, but it is the most extensive, probably custom truck ever, whether it's mini or not. Um, again, you can argue against the style, but the, the, the time and effort and money that's went into this thing and innovation is – I haven't seen anything like it yet. Um, uh, so we'll just have to see how all that finally plays out. You know, nothing's a thing until it's really a thing. And I've got right now a 50, 60% finished car. So we need to get it finished first. And then we could go out and do the tour and let everybody see it. But I'm excited about it for sure. Um, I'm just more than thrilled that you asked me to, to be on the show. Um, I think that what I'm hoping what it does is it inspires somebody else to build something better, you know? Um, and I think they will. I think you know, Lovezilla will be talked about for a long, long time. And then somebody will come up and they're probably already working on it. They've already seen it. Like, oh man, we got we to gotta come up with something crazy like this. So hopefully that's what happens. And we inspire a whole new run of guys souping up their trucks and things like that. Because I'm, I'm trying to be, do the best of both worlds. A mini truck that also will outrun just about anything on the planet. <laughs> That doesn't have drag slicks on it, you know, because I refuse to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be sick, man, and maybe one day I get a chance to ride in it. But I tell you what, man, tip of the cap, I mean, mic drop, whatever you want to do, man. I mean, you and the guys that are doing it, uh, the shop that we've mentioned, I mean, it's top notch. And I'm just super excited to see uh, how far a mini truck can go, and this one might be pushing those limits, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely pushing limits, but – you know, um, somebody will come behind us and do better. It's just how it works. Uh, but speaking of your ride, you know, I'm going to be at LST next year. I got unfinished business. Hells yeah, dude. I'm, I'm so excited. And we talked about earlier, one of our key partners, Lone Star Throwdown, the 12th anniversary is going to be next year, last weekend in February. Come on out, Conroe, Texas. Uh, pre-registration will open, of course, later this year in and around August. We'll keep everybody in the loop. Uh, Carl, dude. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for, again, taking us down memory lane with a lot of cool stuff, man. 
and uh, get ready because I want to see maybe do a break dance next year in front of the truck, but I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> well, then we get, then we got we're not going to do the break dancing thing, but I'll just tell you that uh, be sure you bring a change of underwear when you go for this ride. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait, dude! I kind of can't wait now. But in all seriousness, dude, thanks again, brother, and have a safe weekend. Same to you. Take we care. Out, we out you, everyone. Yeah. Have a great weekend.